Welcome back to the show. Bold as a fact, we got a special guest, an extremely special guest for tonight. Um, Uja from From Within Physiotherapy. Now she did a session with Ryan, which you guys will see. I'll put up there, which was incredible, right? Yeah, yeah. It was a beautiful, beautiful session, beautiful experience. Mm. Um, it was kind of like a really cool um, mix of Western and Eastern medicine. So mm. she like takes you through the uh, physical stuff, so the movements. Um, the dry needling, um, the trauma release and all that stuff um, and then she give, does the um, pretty basic physio stuff, gives you the exercises that you need to perform. Um, she actually showed me that I've got a massive um, imbalance in my back, one side way bigger than the other and some techniques that will help um, better that and make that more I don't know, efficient, I guess. Yeah. Um, and also, we just went through a whole bunch of inquisitive stuff. I guess you would say that um, she asks questions that kind of make you inquire from within. That's, I guess that's why it's more, it's called yeah. from within physiotherapy. And um, yeah, it's from what I, the value that I got out of it, it was more that um, it was kind of like a release, kind of got me to open that hot space, I guess I realized that that hot space was always closed or was um, inhibited and it could be a lot more. Um, I think it was, yeah, it was very, it was a very, very nice session. Yeah. Yeah. Well, from what I saw, it was like the first of its kind, which was actually finding, you know, the physical ailment being the, 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 the soreness or the tightness or the imbalance in your back as yeah. a um, emotional connection as well. Yeah, and as yeah. she's doing the massage and releasing, she's asking you a line of questioning that helps you release emotionally and also physically. Physically, yeah, yeah. Which um, was, yeah, was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I think at that point, at that point it was unbearable. I think that was the first time I experienced it. Yeah. I think so much so I took like four days off training. And that's pretty big for you, hey? Yeah. Yeah. And did you see anyone for that, physio or anything like that? Yeah, I saw a doctor. What did they say? Drink water. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Did that help? Yeah, no, no, it wasn't much help. <laughs> so if we go into positions or situations where we feel like we may be kind of in, like in a vulnerable position and things may get damaged, what can happen is the muscles around the spine can kind of lock in yeah. and that's that protective response and that means your body's working really well. But what we need to do after that is tell the body that it's safe to relax. Yeah. So right, this is where we bring in the Eastern medicine as well as everything else and in Eastern medicine they believe that when we don't process or when we go through something intense emotionally physically whatever it is yeah when we don't have the capacity to process it because we have to keep surviving we have to keep working we have to keep doing the things that we need to do what happens is we push this into the subconscious mind and that's what we call obviously suppressing emotion yeah um, and lots of us including myself haven't been given the skill set as to how to understand and process through these things. And so what happens is this emotion, which you call energy in motion, as you said last time, um, it gets stored in the body and it causes a state of dis-ease or disharmony. Yeah. Because it is stress and that manifests as disease or as injuries or ailments or whatever it might be. Um, and the body will start to give you these little signals when it's time to process it. In the ages from one to four, we seek our mum's love because we really want that nurturing and we want to be told that we're enough and that we are loved. 
but then from our ages four to seven, we want our dad's love, and that's the approval that we seek um, as we're learning to find independence in any form. When we go through something that triggers that feeling, yeah, it is an access point into the subconscious mind as to another time that we've gone through something similar. Where is the opportunity to grow and to pull your power back into yourself? Is your worth and your success and your strength based on someone else's ability to validate it? It's also knowing that you're worthy and whole with and without your work. It's not that they've abandoned us, it's that we've abandoned ourselves in that situation. Do you know that when you give from your heart, it's not based on how other people receive it? or how long they stay around, it's based on you just expressing yourself because you want to. Because it's all about the strength within your love and the strength within being able to give from a place that's unconditional and not being worried about how people respond to it if they walk away or if they stay. Welcome back to Bold as a Fact. My name is Brett. My name's Ryan. My name's Roger. Am I so, intrigued yet? Yeah, we'll like uh, it's hard yeah, to simplify, done. but in the shortest form, it's like basically using the body as a map to the subconscious mind to understand not only our physical states, but also mental, emotional, spiritual, energetic, uh, chemical, everything in between. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. How did you get started on this whole journey? Oh, big question. Um, so while I was studying, there was kind of different aspects of my life going on. Um, but I had like a pretty major car accident. Um, I think it was in 2016. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And through that, like everything should have killed me that night. Uh, like I was going down Marmion and Ave, like yeah. near like, Whitford's area. Mm. And I was going about 80 k's an hour. Um, ended up on the middle strip somehow, like literally looked down at my dashboard, looked up and... Um, thought I hit the brakes, but there was like just sand through there. And mm. so my car ended up spinning out and ended up in the bushes. Um, and admit, oh, missed shit. like a huge part, like a bench by like a meter, a po like a pole by a meter. Um, and then either side of my car were just two massive trees. So I had to literally crawl out the back. Oh, wow. Um, it was pretty wild. Uh, and the first person on the scene was like a doctor. And then, um, yeah, it took a while for the police to come. And my parents finally came and everything. Um, but it's the first time in my life that I felt like a sense of protection or like there was someone looking over me. Yeah. Um, before that, I was just like a normal person kind of going about my life. Mm. Um, it was probably, I was like 19 or 20 then, I think. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, my brother had been telling me about Beyond Rest and floating yeah. and everything. And he was interning at Beyond Rest then. So you do like a shift a week and you get a free float. Nice. Um, and yeah, the week after I ended up having a float, which was really good. And it just gave me like this out of body kind of feeling where I was just like not in myself and it's so hard to explain and it took me like mm. an hour to literally come back down to earth to be able to talk oh, to wow. the person there. You were fully um, out of body? Yeah. Did you actually project or did, what is it, the feeling of like it boundlessness? Was, it, yeah, it was just like I was just not, how do you even put in words? It's like you just don't feel like tough. you're here on this earth and you just like leave and then you kind of come back really slowly um, and like you're not tied to anything that's here. 
like yeah. your normal identity, I guess. Um, and that was the first time I'd felt like a different, like an altered state of consciousness, I guess. Mm, yeah. And then from there, um, it started like my own self-inquiry journey. And I guess I started asking myself, like, what am I here for? And like, what's like, what's the purpose of all of this? And yeah. um, when you go through like a near-death experience, like I did have that extreme clarity. But then my parents and my whole family went like kind of went into a state of shock. Um, and that really rattled me as well. And I started... From your car crash? Yeah. yeah. Did you have any injuries at all? No. I you had a little bit of whiplash. Okay. A little yeah. bit of whiplash. Um, but my parents, yeah, they freaked out quite badly, mm-hmm. understandably as well. Um, but it just made me realize that, like, I guess no one's really got it figured out on this earth. And, like, yeah. you kind of expect your parents to be the guardians in that situation. But they have emotions as well. well and they're mm-hmm. human as well, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they were kind of panicked and, yeah, pretty rattled as well. And so it was the first time that I felt, yeah, connected to something outside my family, my bubble, my own reality at that point in time. Wow, yeah. Is your family quite religious? Not religious, um, but we have grown up like with Jainism in the house, which is like based on Ahimsa, which is non-violence. Yeah. So it's a very simple kind of spiritual religion, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, And my parents do the practices and things, but they've never like forced anything onto us. What's that called again? Jainism. Jainism. I've never heard of that. Where's that from? Um, it's like a little subclass of Hinduism. Is, uh, did Gandhi, okay. yeah. was he involved in this? But... I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I should know, but I don't know. Well, I'm a fan of Gandhi. Um, yeah, but it's, it's a very simple religion. And it's just like no violence to yourself, to others, to the earth, to plants, to, yeah, the universe. Wow. Yeah. Wow, okay. What are the practices like? There's lots of different things. They have like the morning, like praying, and then you do like the arati, which is like your... The little ritual that you do and you have a little light, uh, fire and everything um there's fasting that you do for i think it's 10 days i think there's like over 50 gods there's lots 50 of gods. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. lots okay. of different things what, 50 um, day fasting did you just say no 10 days yeah yeah but there's lots to it and i should definitely know more yeah 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 and just going back to like the whole float experience yeah is that would you say that Float experience was like a little bit enlightening or was was your like enlightenment moment per se when you had your accident? I think the accident was like the trigger and then I think the float was almost like the catalyst. Yeah. Because it was like, okay, there's much more to this reality than I actually thought there was. Yeah. Um, And then after that, that's when I joined the Beyond Rest community. Yeah. And I started working there and then everyone there, I found out that like, everyone's there for the same reason that they were asking those questions. Yeah. And so I think going back to your question, I think enlightenment, it's not a one step thing, is it? It's like a no. whole, pro- it's a never ending yeah. journey, of course. Yeah. But I think it was definitely the trigger for it. Um, and then, yeah, so then from there, Beyond Rest was a huge catalyst in all of that as well. Um, and then that was while I was le- like studying physio and everything. Yeah. Um, and then I did have a pretty wild experience um, and it was when I, so Beyond Rest Up was opening and it yeah. was when their first tank was there. And I ended up having my first mushroom trip in there. Uh, okay. oh, in the tank? So in the tank. Wow, wow. that would be I haven't done tank. that yet. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh... So I had three grams in the tank. Oh, oh three. wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was, yeah, cool. it was insane. And so I was studying mm. neuroscience at the time at uni. And so in my trip, my brain, no, yeah, the pod literally became my brain. Wow. And then I started walking into staircases because I knew what each part of the brain was. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and so I started going into, like, my memory bank. And then, like, all these <laughs> memories started coming up. 
Yeah. And then I went into like my movement center and then my body just started moving as I was like triggering, like touching different parts of like my like body map in there. Yeah, wow. And then there's like your sensory cortex and yeah. I started like playing with that as well. Um, and then towards the end of that trip, I went into this state where I was just like, all these people in my life started coming up and uh, like all of the people's closest to me. And uh, like, for example, my mum came up and all of the things that I love so much about her started like flooding in and like all this just like really intense emotion. And then all these aspects of her that I didn't love so much yeah. and that like had potentially hurt me or upset me, they started coming up as they would with anyone. Yeah. And what happened from that was it just it like hit pause and then this huge timeline just opened up and it showed me every single moment that it impacted her or conditioned her or yeah influenced her to act in that state in that one moment okay wow. even like her past before you were born exactly oh, so wow. were you experiencing okay, those really cool. that, those that past or those memories or was just, yeah oh, wow. so i was like observing the whole thing unfolding in front of me and it was a moment that i detached from like anything and anyone had done at any point in time that it impacted me and just realized none of it was personal. Yeah. So it was a really intense experience, but it just made me have pure compassion for these people and for myself as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like a product of our experiences. And yeah, it was That's phenomenal. That's powerful, yeah. Yeah, mm. phenomenal. And you just it just helps you separate from that in that way. And then I think from that moment, reflecting even now, I'm just like, I think this is what's allowed me to hold space for people in such like an immense capacity. Yeah. Because I'm able to separate them and their best self and everything that I love about them and that they love about themselves from the things that they've been programmed and conditioned to do. Yeah. And so that's actually what I hold in my service and that's why it's called From Within because it's all about tapping into like the strength within yourself, the flexibility, the mobility, but not only physically but mentally, emotionally, chemically, spiritually, everything mm -hmm. um, and letting go of all of that conditioning, whether it's like a dysfunctional movement pattern and then not moving like that. Or maybe it's a dysfunctional thought process and they're not thinking like that. And yeah. so, yeah, this is where I started to combine physiotherapy and, I guess, self-awareness even. Mm. So like, yeah. If someone has a dysfunctional physical movement like in their walk, can that yeah. be like back to an emotional Definitely. or trauma within the body? Definitely. Like wow. the physical is extremely important. There's mm. no disregarding that. There's no disregarding muscle imbalances or anything like that. Like that's where the physio component comes in so mm. strong. Um, but at the same time, they're like, say for your hips, for example, the muscles on the side of your hips, they're your glute med, so your gluteus medius. Yeah. And their main role is to stabilize your pelvis to yeah. make sure that it stays in a straight line. You probably know this very yeah. well. Um, to make sure it doesn't just tilt out. And then of course your back kind of moves with that. Yeah. And so on a metaphysical level, we start to ask, of course, the right side of your body, well, not of course, but the right side of your body in Eastern medicine pertains to your masculine aspect. Yeah. So we all have masculine and feminine, and the masculine aspect is more to do with our work, our direction, our purpose, our external world, our responsibility, all to do with men in our life as well. Yeah. And that's because the left side of our brain innovates it, which is like our logic, mathematical, reasoning, rationing, all of that. And so we talk about like right side glute, tightness or weakness or whatever it is and it pertains to your masculine stability so it can be to do with finances it can do, be to do with your purpose and looking into stability in that aspect yeah and then combining it with the physio approach which is 
releasing the muscle through dry needling, trigger point release, myofascial release, everything, and then strengthening it up so that it has the stability within itself and then that has that neurological as well as psychological impact as well. Wow. How did you get to to the point where you kind of started explaining that to a client, whereas you're like, yeah, yeah, your glute mid is off, however, it is also an indicator there's something deeper going on. Daddy issues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally every do. time. <laughs> is it hard having that conversation though? Like yeah. saying this is like... Yeah. So at the start, for sure, and you get that huge imposter syndrome feeling, which is what I've been kind of talking about <laughs> through my socials as well, um, because it goes against the grain of everything Western medicine especially. Mm-hmm. Um, like obviously there's no talk about this or anything of that sort in like a degree or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what I started with was sessions from home, like just for friends, mainly yeah. beyond rest people yeah, cool. because they're open-minded. Um, and it was like a donation basis only. And I was just like, I want to play with this. I want to see if it resonates for people. Um, and so I started just doing it from home to begin. Um, and. Yeah, the results were insane, like absolutely insane. People were like, I've had this pain for like four years and like lower back pain, bending over backwards for people, giving away your power, always saying yes. Um, And it was around the same time that they started their business so they just weren't aligned with it all. And then literally within a week, they sold their business and the pain's gone and they're like, what the fuck's gone on here? Wow, okay, wow. Yeah, Yeah. so, and we did all the physical stuff as well, um, but addressing it in that way and so, yeah, I started with that and then I was really fortunate in that I, like my first place that I worked was a big physio and Pilates practice yeah. um, and I very quickly like built my way up in there and built a really big caseload where I was seeing like 70 clients a week um, but I was given the space to do things how I wanted to Yeah. because I guess they were happy yeah. because they're getting you know the people in. Mm. Um, and so they didn't ask too many questions in what I was doing. And I'm always very like selective in the way that I approach it. I wouldn't just be like, oh yeah, come in. You like, glute meads tight, you have money problems. Yeah, I would never yeah, be like that, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, That's like a psychic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so there's always ways around it. And I always explain it first. And I say, look, I do things a little bit differently than most physios and some things will resonate, some won't. Just take what you need from it. But I feel like it's in, my best interest and your best interest that I share everything yeah. because there may be something just clicks and I'd rather share it with you and that happens rather not. And they're like, yeah, cool. Um, and at the start there were people that didn't resonate too much because it was like a very commercial kind of practice. Yeah. Um, and that was okay. I kind of worked with that, but then I was also able to kind of pass them over to the other physios that were there. Yeah. Um, but with the results that were coming about, the word was spreading pretty quickly. Yeah. So everything just started becoming word of mouth like everything just everyone that was coming in um and i was also teaching classes at that time which were like a new style of classes mm. and they were called stretch and flex but it was all about um regulating your nervous system okay so it was all like breath work meditation binaural beats trigger point release um started bringing wow. in like a bit of the emotional components as well definitely huge amounts of imposter syndrome with that but then those classes got booked out for like six months in advance oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah and then i was training up other clinicians in that as well so the energy kind of spoke for itself and i guess once you start building in something you can keep refining and refining and refining mm. and then people that are attuned to that frequency are the ones that come in 
Wow. Wow. Okay. That sounds like the first of its kind I've ever heard. Yeah. With the breathwork, yeah. bunny will beat. Yeah. And all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. <laughs> well, do you want any coconut water, by the way? Yeah, I might grab some. And what have you got for us here? I brought chocolate-coated goji berries because they're the oh, best. Oh, wow. Yeah, go Is for it. Is it dark chocolate? Yeah. yeah. Can yeah. I have some of these? Go for it, yeah. That's why I'm I, I couldn't help myself. No, go chocolate. for it, man. <laughs> I've got like an addiction to... For sure, that's why I bought them. Oh, interesting. Wow, that's like some <laughs> super powerful stuff. It's stuff that you like, if um, someone just walks in not expecting it, they'd be very... Did, did, like the first couple of people that you got in, were they a little, did they think it was a little bit hoo-ha? Like? Um, there were a few that did, for sure. But I think when you explain it and it clicks for them because it's yeah. something that's going on in their life, whether it is to do with the physical or not, people are always looking for a space to feel safe to like express themselves because yeah. that's like something we don't have much of in this world. Or if we do, you have to go through like a counselor or a psych or something like that. And that can be pretty daunting. Yeah. So I think the space I created was just so safe that people would just felt comfortable to express themselves and just okay. to talk about what was happening in their life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. So, and you, you know when you said that you were in, you, in the pod mm. and you were like, you went up the stairs. Yeah. I've always... I had like a, an experience with someone in regards to like when they when you're in a psychedelic trip, everyone experiences memories and stuff yeah. a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Like, was that like a visual, like physical? Like I was, was there. Like you were there, like yeah. climbing upstairs. Yeah. And when you described that you were going through memories, like were you like kind of visual? Like, can you could you see them clearly? Yeah. Like, oh, dude, that's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. Because I think, because in the pod, because it's sensory deprivation, yeah. your full inner state becomes your sensory experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's nothing to stimulate you. There's no like little tree that's like flailing around or like little dog or whatever. Yeah. Or wall. It's just your inner world. You, you and yourself. You and yourself. What advice would you give someone who's like too afraid to go into a pod because yeah. they feel claustrophobic or they're, um, they're, just, they're just too afraid to be in there by themselves? The main thing is like the pods can stay open, of course. Yeah. Um, you can put like a towel between the lid and the actual pod. Yeah. There's a light in there. Um, but the main thing for me is like it's it's like the womb. Like yeah. that's how it's designed is to hold you. And because there's, the water is the same temperature as your skin as well, you kind of lose sensation of everything. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. there's no like anything closing in on you or anything like that. You feel complete spaciousness, like just openness. So it's just allowing yourself to be in that and like it's not scary to be with your thoughts or anything because it's just your brain flushing out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. That's yeah. true. I think a lot of people these days live from like distraction to distraction. Yeah. I had a guy I was doing when I was doing PT and he was on an oil rig and he didn't have his phone with him. Mm. He's like, I was losing my mind. He's like, it was just me and my thoughts. He's like, I couldn't handle it. He's like, I need yeah. music. I need this and like, yeah. and then um, people like that really struggle because what is it about their thoughts that torment them so much? If that makes sense. Yeah. It's everything they've suppressed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But sometimes in the tank I've gone in there when it's pitch black and I've seen like stars and it feels like the tank is huge. Yeah. Like you're in the middle of nothingness. Yeah. And that sort of feeling goes away. Mm. But it's hard to explain it to someone who's claustrophobic, never, never done it before. Yeah. And not, yeah, got that reference point mm. for sure. I think I wanted to chat to you about as well was something that I'm going through. Mm -hmm. Even just today. Um, before you got here, we were talking about it. Mm. What I wanted to do was like um, some stand-up comedy. Yeah. I've always like written my jokes down. I always like played with the idea of doing it. Yeah. But I had this like overwhelming like sense of like um, 
immobilization of not doing it. Yeah, yeah. Not going forward, and I feel like this constriction in my chest, and like my yeah. get, get flustered. I'm like, what is this? Like, yeah. it doesn't yeah. make any sense, you know? Yeah. And just then, my my left foot started hurting, like on the bottom of my left foot where my toes are, like a sting. I'm like, yeah. what the hell is that going going ah. with this? So like, well, what do you think that would be in yeah. relation to? Okay, so this is yeah, big. Um, I shared a bit about imposter syndrome yesterday. Yeah. Do you know what imposter syndrome is? No. Is that when you're doing something, but you feel like you shouldn't be doing it because you're not an authority, you're not worthy enough, you're... Yeah, yeah. or you're not equipped for it, or like you've signed up for it, and then that voice in your head is like, no, but you're not good enough. Like yeah, there's someone yeah. that's more qualified, or there's mm. um, someone might call you out on this, or someone might be better than you and then say that like, why are you the one doing this? It's all those feelings of insecurity and like vulnerability that we feel yeah. um, when we go into something that perhaps we don't have a piece of paper, like a degree for, or whatever it is. Um, and basically what it is, is because the brain is wired to avoid pain mm. and to seek pleasure and to keep us surviving, we don't have real things in our life that we need to survive, survive from now. Like we don't have like drought and we don't have like lions charging mm. us and stuff like that. But what we have is perceived threats. That's true, yeah. Yeah, and threats that are more to do with like our, our worth, our dignity, our pride, all of these like egoic kind of traits. Mm. And so what happens when we put ourselves into that situation where we may be vulnerable, where someone might yell out and be like, you're shit, like you're <laughs> fucking terrible, you're going to tank, yeah. is you feel that feeling of feeling exposed. Mm. And so what the brain does is it rationalizes its way out of it and it's a protective response in order to keep okay. you safe. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it means your brain's working real well, mm. but now because we don't have those things to actually protect ourselves from, yeah. we start just placing it on things that may, we may feel vulnerable from. Oh, wow. So life is so good that I create problems. Literally. For we don't have problems. <laughs> yeah, because the brain is there to problem solve. So yeah. when we don't have problems, just create something. Mm. Yeah. That does make sense, yeah. How would you get past that? Yeah. yeah. So this is something that I'm moving through a lot. Yeah. And like literally only as of this week, I'm starting to find my voice more and more. And it's mm. complete divine timing that this has popped up and you've offered me this as well. Mm. Um, but the main, so there's this podcast I listened to and I'll send it to you as well. Nice. Um, it's an Aubrey Marcus podcast. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. Them, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and it's all about imposter syndrome. And so there's this guy and I'm going to oversimplify it, but I'll explain it anyway. So he's done, like, he's training to be a lifeguard and he's trained for so long. Um, and it's his first day on the job, finally. And he's sitting in his, like, little lifeguard tower. Um, and he sees a guy that's, like, starting to drown. And the guy starts thinking, like, oh, my God, I have to do something. Like, this guy's drowning. And then all of a sudden, all these thoughts start coming in, like, oh, no, it's only your first day. Like, maybe just leave it for someone else. There'll be someone more qualified for it. Mm. Um, Maybe someone that will probably do a better job than you. Maybe you won't throw the ring far enough. Maybe the guy will be fine. Like all of these thoughts. And again, mm. it's that protective response where you don't want to fuck it up. You yeah, just yeah. want to, you know, make sure that you stay safe. Yeah. And so what they're saying after that is when you're in that situation, this guy now has to deal with the responsibility of potentially killing this other guy, like this guy dying. Mm. And that's the responsibility that we have to live with when we don't share something that's off value. Yeah. And we don't share something that's authentic to us. But like, it's not our job to fix anyone or to save anyone or anything like that, but it's our job to be our best selves at the end of the day because yeah. that's what's gonna enable the people around us to be their best selves as well. That makes sense, yeah. And so that's the responsibility that we hold. Um, and so that's the first part of it. And so I asked myself like, 
is this gonna be, is this something that's helped me in the past? Like you, your, your self-expression and things, is that something you enjoy yourself? Uh, definitely. Do you yeah. have a laugh and you just you uh -huh. like share something or you're just like, that's fucking hilarious? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's your answer. That's all you yeah. need. But okay. what we do is we like, we put our validation on the external. We mm. put something on Instagram. We're like, oh, holy shit. How many likes have we got? Oh, no, it's not as good as last time. Like, maybe it's mm. not that good. And that's what programmed to do as well by society. You yeah. know, in school, you do a test. The teacher marks it, tells you how good you are. Mm. Even an yeah. essay. How are you meant to mark like a subjective expression of self with like a percentage out of 100? That's what they do. Mm. And so if at some point in your life you've been told that like, oh no, your self-expression isn't very good or like, oh no, it's actually like there's other people that are better, mm -hmm. then we start to shut off these things within ourselves, and we're like, ah, now there's no point doing it because we're not good anyway. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, like, well, the more sort of aware I get and the more I sort of meditate, the more I come across these things, like where I look back at my life, I'm like there's so many things and opportunities that I missed or things I didn't do yeah. due to this, what I would call like anxiety or this choking yeah. feeling yeah. or... Um, Imposter syndrome, yeah. would be what we were just called. Yeah. I always, enough people saying, well, that's normal, it's, it's anxiety, it's all these things, but I've always felt like I could overcome it. Yeah. But the thing that really trips me out is, it depends who I'm with. So if I'm with like, if there was someone I wanted to, something I wanted to do, if I was with a certain group of friends, I would have no problems doing it. Yeah. But if I was with my family, then I would hold back. Of course. It's just this weird. So I can explain that to you. Yeah. And I'll take yeah, you through, awesome. I'll take you through. So I've developed like pretty much like a, a practice mm. that allows you to understand where this emotion comes from. So of course, there's a huge chunk of it that is society's conditioning and a brain protective response. Yep. But if it feels like it's not proportional to that even, and like it's a, just a sticking point, mm. and like you say, different audiences, different things, um, there's more of perhaps like an emotional attachment there as well. Yeah. So what we find and what we do is the first part of it is calming the nervous system down. So allowing yourself to feel really safe whether that's taking like three breaths right now and just like mm. letting your system feel safe because if you're trying to go into self-inquiry with like the same chemicals as a lion's charging at you, you're not going to be able to do it. You, if true. a lion's charging you, you're not going to be like, oh, when in my life have I felt like this before? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, you're going to yeah, be yeah. like, where do I need to go? How long do I have? How do I get there? Mm. And that's the state of society, obviously. It's just like getting shit done and just going from thing to thing. Yeah. But yeah, when online... And I'd searched like higher self meditation. This was like my early days of like spirituality and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the first one that came up was a Joe Dispenza one. It was like breaking the addiction to negative thoughts to create the reality that you want. And I was like, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. And I listened to it. I was like, what the fuck is this? This is like a huge download. Yeah. Um, and that was, yeah, that was, I literally listened to it and sent it to like every single person I knew. And I was like, listen to this now. Um, but yeah, I just literally stumbled on it. And, and my friends, they call me little JD. And I'm okay. like, no, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, this, it's phenomenal here. Like I'm yeah. listening to um, Becoming Supernatural for like the 10th time oh, now. Oh, okay, wow. Yeah, and every time I go through like a major shift in my life, yeah. I always put it on because it just helps me to like align to that high frequency that I'm trying to manifest. Okay. Um, and then just draw it in. And I've got like wild stories of manifestations that I've had in my life. But Can you give us a story? Are we gonna do your thing? Yeah, that's should we go? Okay, okay, go. Yeah, the three birds. But before I forget this question, yeah, I want to ask it to you now, but we'll answer it later. Sure. Um, what's the how much do you bed? think? Because I'm gonna forget it <laughs> if I go into this thing. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? I'm on a certain train here. Yeah. So, um, what part of? Wait, I've lost. I've got to think of okay. the question again. Um, how much control do we have of our lives? Like where our thoughts create our reality? Yeah. And how much are we sort of stuck in generational patterns? 
because yeah. obviously the spender in what the bleep do we know was talking about how your thoughts create your emotions that create your yeah. manifest your life yeah um but i want to know like what i said before the ancestry stuff like yeah. how much control do you think we have okay let's dive into this first do because it's going to influence your good, good. ability to move through the next thing perfect, for perfect. sure um big question mm. i believe all of your life oh like we are in control of our whole, the whole life. thing yeah so the ancestral stuff doesn't matter it does matter it does matter. definitely matters okay. but so once you imagine your computer yeah and in your computer there's software and programs that have been loaded onto there as you've been given or before you've been given your computer mm. so that's like your ancestral programming Okay. Your pain, your trauma, mm. whatever it is that you hold. All those viruses. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Maybe not on a Mac, but I don't know how all these computers work now. But Windows do you 91. think there's software that helps you get rid of those viruses? Uh, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But if you think that there is no viruses, is there no viruses? No. Because okay. 95% of our thoughts are subconscious. Okay. So even though you consciously might not think it, mm. it's sitting in there. Is it there? Okay, yeah. So I say, like, imagine your Coles green bag, yeah? Yeah. And at the bottom of the bag, there's stuff that's, like, molding, rotting, like, just absolutely disgusting, been there way too long. Mm. In the middle, there's, like, general nice stuff, like, pretty standard kind of things. On the top is, like, really beautiful fruit, really mm. good veg, like, organic everything. And what you're holding in your hands is, like, the best of the very best. Mm. Dutch chocolate go goji berries. <laughs> <laughs> they're good, hey? Yeah, they're good. <laughs> Do you want to try some? Yeah, I'm, wearing an, I'm wearing a liner, so oh, I can't. Yeah, okay. leave. Um, Thank you. So, you're holding the best of the best. Now, if you want to put... The, there's no room in this bag. It's like bursting at the seams. Mm. If you want to put this beautiful fruit in the bag, what are you going to do? Sure. Well, you want to get rid of the stuff at the bottom, you know, but you can't get to the bottom without going through. The layers. Ooh, the layers. Oh, yeah. wow. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. all the moldy shit at the bottom is just going to make them everything rot. Mm. Oh, this is a very good analogy. Good, so. yeah, I'm yeah. slowly rotting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rotting from the inside out. Yeah. <laughs> all of this organic nutrients going to waste. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense, right? It does, yeah. it does make sense, yeah. The only thing is we're not given a skill set as to how to get mm. to the bottom. Yet. But I have developed That's where you skillset. come in. Very nice. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Right, so I'm very nervous to go into this now. No, don't be nervous. The nervousness, <laughs> the nervousness is going to block it. I'm exposed. Oh, is it? Okay, I'll try and yeah. remove it. No, there's nothing to be nervous about. So <laughs> basically, yeah, same thing as like in a garden. If you leave a weed in there, mm. the weed's going to take over the garden. So you might as well take the weed out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Another right. analogy. I've got a really, I've got a whole bag of analogies. That's good. Yeah. But, um... Have you read The Untethered Soul? No. No. Read it? I've downloaded it, but I haven't read it. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know that it's there, it gives me comfort. Yeah, of course, of course. So there's a story in there, and it's basically about this lady, and she's got like a thorn in her arm. Yeah. And she kind of like leaves the thorn in there, she's like, it'll go away by itself. And then she like starts bumping her arm on everything, she goes out to like, the beach and people are bumping themselves on it, the mm. salty water's going into it, all sorts of things. So she goes home and she creates like a little box over it and then puts a bandage over it. She's like, this will be fine. And then she goes for another walk and someone bumps into the box still and it still causes it to like get really painful mm. and really inflamed and really angry. 
So what does she do next? She goes home and she's like, maybe I'll just stay in my home so that I don't like trigger mm. the pain. I don't get that, um, get that same feeling again. And so she stays at home. Even while she's at home, she's like still bumped it on things, on the walls, on the benches, whatever mm. else. So now she's like, oh, what do I do about this? And she starts putting cushioning all over the walls. So she's like, I'll just make everything really soft. I'll cover the windows. I'll make sure there's no wind in here. Um, and just to make sure that I don't bump it and make it more like painful than it already is. And then she's covered all the walls. She's sitting there and she's like, oh, finally I feel safe. Mm. Right. And then a few days go by and she's like, wait, where's my whole life? Like what's happened? Like, where's everyone? Where's the people I love? Like the things mm. that I love doing. And obviously the first question that comes to mind is like, why didn't you pull out the thorn? Oh, wow. yeah. 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 And it's what we do with like really painful situations in our lives or traumas or belief systems or whatever it is that we've picked up along the way because we haven't been given the skill set to pull out the thorn yeah we build our whole life around it yeah we build our whole life around not feeling that pain mm. but our whole life is built on it thanks a lot mom yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 and when you think of it like that you're like just pull out the fucking thorn man mm. that's true yeah but how, what if you don't know what the, where the thorn is this is where this is where all of this self-discovery like this self-inquiry comes in yeah and this this literally i've created six questions that guide you into it pull it out like a beautiful new kind of um dressing whatever you're going to call it is laid there and then you continue on with your life and the next time that thing comes up you don't feel that trigger that feeling that rush of emotion yeah wow yeah that's so, actually quite a big big thing yeah yeah i know yeah. This is why I'm just like, I need to share this with everyone, but yeah, yeah, it's just like in my brain. Beautiful. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yeah. The archive of a brain. Yeah. <laughs> so many things in there. It's wild. <laughs> all right. So should we get started? Yeah. We, we should. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So. Okay. So. What do I do? <laughs> I'm going to explain one thing and yep. then we're going to do three breaths and then okay. I'm going to just talk you through it. Okay. I'm comfortable. Get comfy. Get relaxed. So. <laughs> Do you guys know what, what like emotions are? Um, energy in so. motion. Yeah. 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 Other Bruce Lipton that off Joe Spencer. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Is that is that either Bruce Lipton or Joe Spencer said that one of them. Mm. But um, yeah. Do you know what triggers are? Like yeah. emotional triggers. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. do you know? Like what is that for you? Um, certain situations or scenarios that cause an instant emotional. Um, in the reaction yeah. or impulse of reactivity. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. yeah. What would you say? I'm triggered for me? Yeah. Oh, there's so many. Or like, do you know what triggers like are, per se? Why they're there? Or why they're there, or there's something that's unhealed within you that wants your attention. So when something happens, it'll trigger that. Mm -hmm. It'll come up. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah, yeah. So the way that I kind of explain triggers, and when you understand it from this point, you're like, oh, holy shit, that makes sense. Um, so trigger is basically an access point into your subconscious mind mm. to show you where you are not yet healed yeah. or you are not yet free mm. or where a part of yourself and your power is tied to your past. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Very good yeah. vocabulary. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Googled it. No. <laughs> I'll Google it later. <laughs> um, and so I want you to imagine that your like a house is on fire. Yeah. And so what happens is that house goes on fire, but what a trigger is, 
is it's the fire alarm that goes off before the fire starts again. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's your brain going into a protective response saying this has been a painful experience in the past or something mm. similar. And so we're sending off alarm bells now so that you don't get to the full fire. Yep. So when you understand it's a protective response, you're like, oh, cool. What am I protecting? Mm. Yeah. The other part of it as well is that, yeah, it's basically just showing us where we need to move through. Yeah. And the other thing is with, so we call it PTSD. PTSD is basically like a etched in memory of an uncomfortable event that's happened in your past. Yeah. And it can be as simple as a kid bullying you at school. It can be something pretty traumatic like physical abuse. But what they're finding is PTSD is like an over, overarching thing and it's all relative to yourself. So yeah. lots of people being like, oh, but I haven't been like abused in that way. So I haven't been, got PTSD. But it's just that, yeah, that unhealed memory of the past. Mm, that's true. Yeah. Sorry if I'm smiling, but I'm thinking of like things in my head <laughs> that are funny to me. Like yeah. when you're saying like bullies and things in school, going back to my own yeah. childhood memories of like yeah. someone, when you get new shoes, like there's this big fat guy, he's just down on your shoes and you get new shoes. Yeah. It's like new shoes and he puts a filthy footprint on it. Yeah. That really pissed me. Yeah, man. That really pissed me off. <laughs> 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 but it's funny though, it's not that bad, but I still, I'm like, well, I'm, a, I'm a sport child, you know. Like, <laughs> this is my biggest problem is believe in my shoes. <laughs> First one problems for sure. It is, yeah. Um, so yes, what they've found with PTSD is when we go through an event that mimics something that's been really painful in the past, we don't only feel the emotion of the first event, but it's every time we've thought about it subconsciously since. So they've done studies on this. So say if in your past, someone you've been, you've been singing at school mm. and then a kid's told you, man, you're shit, you're real shit, like you're horrendous. Yeah. yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> well, keep that in mind because now when it comes to self-expression for you, if that's, gonna, if that's been a painful experience in the past, this is why you're feeling like that choked up feeling mm. because your brain is telling you that, no, you've been judged for it, you've been shut off for it, for it you've been ostracized for it, so this is not something we want to put ourselves back into. Mm. And so that's where that imposter syndrome plus that emotional memory comes in and shuts you down. That's true. Oh, wow. Yeah. I even have things where like, it's never happened, but the thought of me doing it, and I think of like a bully who bullies me. Yeah. Without it, because I, I never did sing and no one said it was shit, but yeah. I'd assume that someone said it to me. Like yeah. I'd imagine the whole thing. Yeah. And then I feel bad about it. I'm like, yeah. why am I, like, why is my brain doing this? Yeah. It's protective. Yeah. Yeah. It's like preemptive protective. It's, yeah. But it's like, yeah. even if just a bullying is enough to signal that response, mm. whereas judgment from others, or it's not feeling accepted by others, or not feeling approved by others, not feeling loved, or not feeling good enough, mm. all of those aspects come in in that one moment. That's true. It'd also be negative karma too, because a lot yeah. of, when I was growing up, there was like phases of my life where I was a bully, mm. then I was bullied, then I was a bully again, I'm like, I'm going to get back, you know? Like, I don't know yeah. what the hell I was thinking. It's a power struggle, hey? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then I feel bad, I'm like, wow, like I was a bit of a dick, you know? <laughs> But, but it's what we do to survive. Mm, that's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sense, yeah. yeah. So it's more of a survival mechanism. Exactly. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, exactly. And when you see from that, it's much more understandable. Mm. It's like, oh, that's why it's there. That's true. Yeah. So, for example, I'll share my experience with you. And, um, and I went through this whole process to actually navigate this space. Because a lot of my childhood memory has just been like blank. Oh, really? And it's not until, yeah, I've gone into like this kind of state of like calming the nervous system down to allow the subconscious mind to open up through floating, through meditation, yeah. yin yoga, all these different things. Yeah. Um, but for me, I have a very similar 
like feeling when I go into self-expression, and it's a lot less now.、Mm. But like, it got to the point where I was like, I launched my business and I did like a speech in front of probably fifty people, and I was like trembling, like absolutely、oh, trembling.、Wow. Yeah.、Um, And so it was at that point in time that I was like, "Why is this my like nervous system response to this?" Your whole body like shaking, like shaking, like、wow. my voice is just like a little leaf just flailing around. It's not good.、Mm. Um, and I was like, "This is like a shock response. This is、yeah. not like a normal response to just talking."、Um, and one on one, I'm completely fine. But then it goes into group, and I just like shut down. Oh,、right, that's that's me. Yeah, yeah.、Mm-hmm. yeah. So for me. I took myself through these questions. So the first question is, what is coming up for me, and how am I feeling? So the first few things were like fear of judgment, fear of not being good enough, like fear of being laughed at, being humiliated, all of these different aspects.、Mm-hmm. And so I started feeling into that, and I was just like, oh, these are like heavy feelings, like really heavy. And then the next question I asked myself is, when in my life have I felt like this before? And usually,、okay. when you're in a really calm state, a memory pops up pretty quickly. And it's when you're not in your head, you're in、yeah. your heart. So for me, it was when I was like probably nine or ten, and we, I was learning the piano. But my mum's a singer, and she really wanted me to like learn how to sing, but I just didn't want to. And we had like our Christmas concert, and I was like, just did not want to do it. But it was my turn to sing, and I was singing Christmas Carol. What was the song? Yeah. And so that was that exact feeling that I've been holding all this time, of course. But when you're that、mm. age, you don't have the emotional intelligence or anything to navigate it. How old were you, roughly, then? Probably like nine or ten. Oh、okay. wow! Yeah. Yeah.、Um, and so yeah, it was the same shutdown response. Where it was just like, I'm not good enough. Like this is not something I want to do. I have to do it for like other people and all these different aspects coming、mm. in. And so once you kind of allowed yourself to feel through all the emotions, the next question comes about, and it's, is this the exact same as that experience? And you have to say no, like you have to say no in that moment to shut off the neurochemistry from the first experience and every time you've thought about it since. Otherwise,、mm. it's so much harder to like just handle, yeah, and to analyze and to sit with. Okay. Yeah. So that's just bringing the conscious brain into the like the circuit break the unconscious. Yeah. So then the next question is, what is the lesson here, and where is my opportunity to pull my back and power back into myself? So back then. I was obviously young. I didn't have the means to like stand up for myself or know what I wanted to express or what I didn't want to express. I was doing it kind of to please my mum as well, yeah.、Um, which was another whole aspect of it.、Um, but the difference now is that I get to choose what I express about, and I choose like I choose to express my authentic truth, yeah. And that is something that I'm aligned with. And the reason it like singing wasn't. The thing for me is because it wasn't my authentic truth,、mm. and so when I like now I know that when I'm in my authentic truth, I can speak from my heart, and it's not something to feel overwhelmed about. It's not something to feel humiliated about.、Mm. It's still something I'm working through for sure、yeah. to cut those ties,、um, but it's knowing that I am safe in my truth now. Wow! And the judgment of others doesn't dictate my worth or my ability to speak my truth.、Mm. My ability to know my own worth and to acknowledge that is all I need. Amazing, yeah. 
Yeah. It's amazing you pulled so much from like such a small frame. Not a small event, a big event, but you pulled so much out of it. A lot of people just don't even go there ever again. Yeah. But then you're tied to it. And then you build a whole cushioned house. Whereas now I can obviously reparent and take care of myself and put myself in situations where I feel comfortable to put myself into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then the next, so yeah, you pull your power back into yourself. Yeah. You cut that energy cord. Yeah. Then the next question you ask yourself is, what is something I can implement right now to shift this feeling? So intention is nothing without action, right? Yeah. So to fulfill that dopamine cycle and to lay the new neural pathway in your brain, mm. it's all about taking an action within like five minutes of that happening. Oh, the, the, um, yeah. the flashback and then you, you act. With like in your process. Okay, okay. yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so that you're laying something new. Yeah, yeah. So that you're overriding it. Otherwise, it, it just kind of creates a void and then something will pop up and you'll do the same thing again. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Mm. So the action for me then was to do the speech because this is something I was processing the week before and I still did the speech which is something I wouldn't have done yeah. even though it was like fucking terrifying but I still put myself in that situation and calm my nervous system down to the ability that I could at that point in time yeah. um, and it's going to be a rewriting process of course it's not just you do it once and it's gone um, but yeah I did that and then I think I posted like an Instagram video where I was talking in it as well, mm. which goes against the grain of not feeling safe in my expression. Um, and so it's implementing these little things as you go so that it's pretty well reparenting that part of yourself to self-soothe and everything as well. Wow. And then the last question is like, is there a conversation I need to have, to have with someone to shift this feeling and to move forwards as a team? Mm. At that point in time with all of that, I didn't really feel the need to express it to anyone. Yeah. Like talking to my mum about it, she would have been like, yeah, whatever. Like it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't going to change the situation. Yeah. Um, and there wasn't too much of like an emotional tie with her or anything like that. So it was more just that conversation within myself that like I am capable of speaking my truth mm. for myself. So yeah. Wow. wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I wish you had a crowd here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and they're like, this works. Okay. Yeah. Like they're all doing it now. They're all reparenting. Like I'll show you one of my clients and she literally just messages me and she's just like, these are all the dot points that I've made from today. These are all the things that I'm processing. This is how I'm going to shift through this. And she's just written like full things. She's like, we have our next session next Monday. Like this is what I want to work through. And she's already done all the questions herself. It's yeah. just like the last little bit of shifting it. Wow. So it's pretty fucking crazy. Like it'd be really fulfilling seeing <clears throat> the results. Yeah. Yeah. People's lives. yeah, literally she's just like sent messages after messages and it's just like her own things that she's processing at this point in time. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So do you f feel like that um, that knowledge kind of comes from something divine? Like what would you say that um, yeah. knowledge would stem from? I'd say... Because yeah. it is very powerful stuff. Like, it is. It is. It is very like powerful. Like and when I think about it, stuff, yeah. when I think about it, I'm like, man, my brain wouldn't have come up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, my perception on it is like the more you clear out your vessel with all of this old viruses and shit like that, mm. the more your channel opens to spirit and yeah. to the divine. And whether it's like Akashic Records, whether it's just downloads, whatever word you want to use from it. I yeah. just think it's like that universal consciousness that we can just download from and just mm. bring into this reality. Yeah. Do you have an affinity or resonance with ancient Egyptians or any ancient cultures at all that sort of you've really looked into or just feel the connection to? Not particularly. Mm. I think maybe 
a little bit of like the very spiritual Hinduism, okay. like yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And I've been told that my guides are like, like a really old man with a turban and like a really long beard. And then nice. every time I think of him, I like turn to look at the car next to me and there's like a guy with a turban and a beard. And I'm like, what the oh, fuck? Wow. Oh, it was wow. really wild. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Has Bruce told you a story about his spirit guide? No. Tell me, no. I'm going to steal your story through. It's a really good story, right? So he's um, driving on a highway. I think it's Tonkin Highway. Yeah. As he's driving, his bonnet just flips up out of nowhere and like smashes his windshield and he can't see and he's freaking out. Yeah. So he pulls over to the side of the road and he's like, what am I going to do? I don't have roadside assistance. Like his battery is probably flat, you know, and um, some um, Aboriginal guy, Indigenous man, walks out of nowhere, like out of this, the, the bush. The abyss. Out of the abyss, right? <laughs> And he starts talking to him, like, oh, how you doing, brother? He's like, yeah. And then they start talking about crystals. And this guy has a bag of rocks and like a sock. And he's like showing him crystals. He's like, you need to help with this? And Fris is like, all right, yeah. And the, the guy literally, he pulls the bonnet down. He starts panel beating the freaking bonnet with his hand, like taking the dents out. Like, and then he slams the bonnet shut. He takes off his sock. He rips it with his teeth, makes rope out of the sock, and then ties the freaking <laughs> bonnet to the front bumper and like secures it. And the guy's like, yeah, should be good to go. <laughs> and then the tow truck driver comes, he's like, you guys need a hand? And, and um, the indigenous man's like, yeah, back off, like that. Yeah. And the oh, guy just keeps driving. And I, I'll tell you why he does that, because some of those tow that Dude, come to accidents. Dude, they so much. They... They're, they're freaking con artists. Yeah. Like, I've been in a car crash too, um, yeah. going to Beyond Rest or leaving Beyond Rest, where I was just driving after a shift and I felt like really dizzy and lightheaded. And then like, I looked up and I saw these headlights come on, what the fuck is this? And this guy went through a stop sign and just T-boned me straight like on the, on the right fender and I was like and I went off the road like it was pretty insane, pretty insane. But back to Trisha's story. Yeah. I don't know, no, haven't finished no, my story. Truck. The tow truck guy yeah. came, yeah. Family <laughs> scatterbrain. The tow truck guy came, he's like, you mate, you need to get off the road now. I'm like, what, what are you charging? He's like, 350. I'm like, that, that's too much. And he's like, no, you need to get off the road right now. I'm like, that's too much. Give me a deal, I'll give you 80 bucks. He's like, no, he's like, you don't fucking understand. He's like, you gotta get off the road right now. And he started like abusing me. And some drunk guy came out of nowhere and he's directing traffic. And I was like freaking out because I didn't have a license at the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the story just gets worse. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm freaking out. So like, I'm like, fuck, how do I get out of this? So I like, call my friend, um, Hamad. He's, he's the best guy. Like he's just, yeah. any situation, he's just the man you call. Like yeah. really good friend. Um, he just drives, gives me some guy's number. Some like some, some random guys. I call him. He's a towie, 80 bucks. Yeah. I'm like, hell yes. I call the towie. Then Hamad comes. He picks me up, the toy, the toy guy comes, and the, this guy's still directing traffic and abusing people. The drunk the, guy. The drunk guy, yeah. <laughs> what a lad. Apparently the drunk guy's mate was the toey. No. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, like, it's all set up. I don't know. Yeah, I felt like I was set up, man. It's a then, full set up. And the guy hit me. Like, I go up to him, and then um, the, the, the guy who was drunk, he goes to the Asian's window. He's like, oh, he's a bloody Asian. <gash> he's, a bloody, he's being racist, oh, no. and he's like, he, and he's yelling at him. Like, this, I'm like, chill out, man. Just calm down. He's, and I'm knocking his window, and the guy's like, Oh shit! Like this, I'm like, is he alright? I'm not He's okay. He's just like really flustered. I'm like, yeah. how you doing, brother? And I was like, I was like calming him down and calming everyone else down because I, I should be in shock. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I was lucky. I was walking around like everything was fine, trying to calm everything down because I didn't want to get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. So what did I do then? Oh yeah, I got the guy's license plate. It was really nice to him, and he was hell happy that I was like being good to him. And then um, yeah, Hamad comes. The car gets on the tow truck. The tow truck literally just hooks my car on and I, as I'm driving away with Hamad, as I'm just driving off, cop. the cop just pulls around the corner and I was like, Fucking thank wild. lord. Like, was, <laughs> wild. Like, happy, but that, that was like amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what was I saying about Thrush? Thrush, yeah. Yeah, back to Thrush. The tow truck. Um, the tow truck. Oh yeah, the, the guy says F off the tow truck driver. <laughs> and that was a good thing because they rip you off. Anyway, and then um, Thrush takes the guy for a drive to a random fuel station. He gets there, Thrush gives the guy 50 bucks and the guy's like, thanks a lot, brother. And he walks away. 
And a couple of weeks later, <coughs> Hamad went to um, this healing lady that we go to. Um, her name's Pamela, she's pretty yeah. amazing. Like, she's taught me some incredible stuff about sleep paralysis and awesome stuff. She's like, did you see um, an Aboriginal man recently? And she's just like, no. He's like, well, what about with your car? She knew and he's like, oh. And she's like, that's your spirit guide. Oh, damn. And I was like... Let him go. Give him 50 bucks, bucks and let him go. <laughs> yeah. But like, I, I couldn't, because I'm quite spiritual too, and I've had like spiritual experiences, but I've never heard of a spirit Physical. materializing like that. Physical, yeah. yeah. You know? And then that like, Jesus brings to mind of like how we came back, you know, and that sort of stuff. Wow. But I was like, wow, that's what's happening now. Obviously, we're at, a, we're at a point in history where the spirit are very close to yeah. physical. Yeah. But then how do we know who we're talking to in the street? Couldn't be like an angel or a spirit or someone like this keeping an eye. Like yeah. we would never know. You'll never know. We'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> that's we'll never the beauty know. of it. Oh, that's that's the beauty of it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if we knew, we'd try and hold on. That, that's true. That's true. But I've seen people in the shops like, you know, Nordic aliens and things like that. Have you seen the aliens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nordic yeah. ones, they like yeah, the, the, the really oh, blonde right. hair and that sort of thing. And oh, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I was at Woolworths and there was this girl with a trolley. She looked like, a, like an alien. She had like this beautiful blonde hair. I'm like, what are you top staring at her? Like, I'm, I'm not being a perv. Like, she's a freaking alien. Like, I just had a feeling, you know? I'm like, go talk to her. Like, she's definitely an alien. I'm just like, don't talk to her. I'm like, now nah, I'm staring at her. I'm like, fuck, I'm freezing up. So I just like walk past awkwardly. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? But like, I, I swear that she was an alien to this day. Do you, do you have like some? But I didn't want to go. How do I start the conversation? I'm like, hey, how are you? Are you, like, are you an alien? Oh I'm not going to say that, but like, then, I'm, then I'm, what am I going to say? Jewish probably would. Though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely would. But if she was an alien, then I missed my chance. This yeah. is why I need, this is why I need healing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, oh my god, cancel the whole weekend. I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> this is why I need healing. It's ADHD. There's too many thoughts going on at once, you know? A few. Yeah. It's a good Swedish story, story, though. It is a very good Swedish story. That's yeah. a good story. Oh, I think that's crazy. Like, I would have never even like imagined that. No. Yeah. Mm. That's phenomenal. Have you had yeah. moments like that? Have you had a moment like no. that? Where someone's just entered your life and just like done the thing and left? No, never. No? No. Have you? Um, not like that, but I've had people that come <clears> into my life at the perfect time. Yeah. Like, um, what would happen? Oh yeah, as my stepmother passed away, yeah. right? And um, my dad got a new girlfriend, and the new girlfriend didn't like me, and so she was like really, fuck. <laughs> but uh, anyway, she, I don't think she liked me very much. Yeah. So they were trying to, she was trying to push me out of, out of the house. I'm like, well, I think I was 21. Yeah. I was like, you know, I don't, I'm 21, I can leave, you know, it's not a problem. But I didn't want to, because it was such a nice house, and like, yeah. I was spoiled. Anyway, uh, so that kicks me out, I'm staying with, um, in, a, in this duplex where my brother's on one side, and I'm on the other side, and his girlfriend's like, really like, at the time, she was quiet. Manipulative. Manipulative, like she just did some terrible things, like really bad things. And I was going through a really stressful time at the time. <coughs> and then all of a sudden I met this, this girl randomly at a trans event, who was like pretty, my first girl that I've ever loved. Yeah. And I dated her for like, literally I dated her for this. I was doing pingers a lot and she was like, you shouldn't be doing pingers. And we had this and thing, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but she, after we broke up, she was doing pingers more than me. But anyway, yeah. but it was at like the perfect timing because like in that period of time where I was like struggling the most, I was with her, and then it's the sweetest sort of fell apart as I moved on. Yeah. But it was like she was like a little, the little safety, a little, yeah. Yeah, a little yeah. like angel at the time. Mm. That things like that have happened to me, but not like the very quick ones. Mm. But the timing has been perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Maybe it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've never experienced anything like that. Like but synchronicity? Yeah, no synchronicity. I think for me, like <coughs> the synchronicity stuff is more like towards numbers for some weird reason. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I just see very 
distinct numbers just over and over and over. Like have so you looked much. into it? Yeah, like I have. Like I looked into a little bit of numerology, and just I found like some interesting things where you read it, you're like, oh, okay, that's that's cool. Resonates. Yeah. What's yeah, number? Resonates. Um, eight, eight, and triple eight. Triple eight, baby. Oh, yeah. Money, money, money. money. Abundance yeah. and inf- yeah. Money, money, money. Safe money. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> bank. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> still waiting. <laughs> I mean, actually, Ryan has been a, a beacon for me anyway. Mm. Actually, because I was manifesting more money. Mm. I was a PT making six hundred bucks a week, which is crap. Mm. And I need to get more money, you know. So I'm like, I'm gonna make. 900 bucks a week, but I don't want to work. I want to work two days a week only. That's what I wanted. So I was meditating one morning, and I saw this guy in my meditation. Like, Some black literally, he just came up like he was. He walked in the door and there was like white light around. I'm like, whoa, Rodrigo. And then like a few months later, he was my housemate. Yeah. It just happened. I'm like, whoa. And then like, what are you doing, man? And he's telling me about, about the job he does. I'm like, oh, can you get me in? I give him a resume. That is botched. I get the job, and I'm working two days a week for 900 bucks a week, exactly as I wanted. Manifestation. Yeah. That's crazy. And I was like, I don't want 900 bucks. I want 1100 now. Yeah. But I want to work less. Two days a week, but not, not as much. And then, like, six months later, I'm in exactly that. I'm like, wow, that, that's freaky. Yeah. And then Ryan comes in with a triple eight of abundance. So, like, he was, like, sharing his abundance Literally. with me. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? Uh, PT and support work as well. Yeah, support yeah. work. Are you doing support work as well? Support yeah. work, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Mm. Yeah. Good. What are your thoughts on manifestation? Like, what, <clears throat> like you, you said that you manifested some pretty crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah. What was your, like, first true manifestation where you're like, oh, wait, like, this is exactly what I visualized or wanted to manifest? Oh, that's a big question. I think the biggest, the first one was probably my first job. Okay. And so I picked up work like straight after uni in, it's like Sonic Health Plus, which is the assessment center that all the miners and stuff go through for their physicals. And I was earning like 600 bucks a day. Oh damn. And I was doing like <laughs> I was doing like three five minute appointments where the guys had to like do five squats and pick up like ten kilos. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, this is fucking terrible. This is like this is everything they tell you that you should feel like think success is, is like yeah. making money and doing nothing. Yeah. I got some growth to do, right? <laughs> but like there was no fulfillment, there was no satisfaction, no like purpose, no connection nothing at all yeah and so i woke up this one day and i was like all right today's the day that i'm manifesting my fucking dream like absolute dream and so i was like what do i want i want a place that's like a community aspect that i can really grow into that i can take a leadership role in um that'll allow for 25 hours a week that um i can mentor other people when i'm at that point that i can do my own style of physio there's Pilates there because I want to learn that aspect as well. Wow. They take me through the training. Like I got so specific with it. Wow, that's really specific. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'd always talked about like a wellness center in some way, something like mm. that. And when I was, um, so I was still working at Beyond Rest at this time. And I told someone about like my dream of my ultimate dream, like having a healing center and everything. Mm. But um, she was like, you need to find this guy, his name's Scott Westcomb and like tell him to mentor you because he's very holistically driven, he's a physio as well. Um, and that was like probably 18 months before. So anyway, I went to, uh, I applied online and I got an interview like that day, but I also found a mentorship at the Body Genius Institute mm. and it's all like holistic everything. Um, and so I got the mentorship that day as well but the mentorship was due to start the week after and I had a wait list of like 40 people. But I just had like mad chats with the chick on the phone. She was like, I want you to be the one that comes in for the next the next lot. So you're coming in on Monday. I was like, okay, cool, let's do it. Um, so then I went for my first round interview at Best Body and 
it was just like amazing. I was just like my my full self, and uh, they were like, "Look, we're only hiring full time," and I was like, "Just I don't know where that inner strength came from." <laughs> I was like, "I'm only going to do 25 hours because I know that's when I work at my best." and that's what I want to provide for the customers here. Beautiful, like, beautiful, that's powerful. Yeah, and it's yeah. full personal boundaries and they're just like, we can't really sustain that right now, like we need full time. I was like, that's cool, but I'm going to be a huge asset to your team, so it's up to you if you take it. That's pretty bold. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. So this is my deal, take it a little bit. <laughs> you have a gun on the table? One million. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know where those balls came from. Like first year, like literally not had a real physio job and I was just like, this mm. is me, I'm the best. But um, I think it's because at Beyond Rest, like I was having such like incredible chats with the people after their floats, yeah. and it was literally known at June Love that like if five people didn't cry when I was working there, like with like full life break like breakthroughs, it wasn't a normal day. Okay, wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and I was like eighteen and nineteen at that point. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what was happening. But um, anyway, so I went for the first round interview. I was just like my full self, and I was fully detached. And I was just like. If they choose me, it's because I have been my authentic self. And if they don't choose me, it's because they're not aligned with my authentic self. So either way, it's a win. Yeah. And then I'm a step closer towards what I want. And so I got a call after the first one and they're like, it was really good. Like you've been selected from a group of 35 into a group of 10 now. So you got to go for a second round interview and there was a group style interview. And then the th- after that one, that one went really well as well. And then I was sitting at, I went to Perth Cafe with my then boyfriend. Um, and it's like this cafe in, in Wembley. And I hadn't been there before. And I was just like, intuitively, I was like, that's the place we're going to go today. Anyway, we sat down and I was telling my partner then, I was just like, I just want to be of service and just help people. And like, I know the money will come when I do that because it's coming from my heart. And those are like the exact words I was speaking. And as I said that, this guy walked in and he had a Best Body shirt on. Yeah. At this point, there was only one best body in Perth. Wow. Which was okay. in Hillary's. Yeah. And so I was like, what the fuck's going on? And like, this guy's walked in and my partner's like, dude, you got to talk to him. And I was like, yeah, if he comes close, I'll talk to him. So I literally sat down next to us and I was like, <laughs> hey, wow. um, like, I don't want to be, um, like, I don't believe in coincidences. I just want to let you know, like, this is my, I'm having my third round interview at Best Body tomorrow. Um, and I'm just really excited. And I really love what you guys do there. And he was like, oh, I'm actually, my name's Joel and I'm like the brother um, and I just do all the background, like behind the scenes stuff. And he's like, I got back from Melbourne this morning and first time I've worn this shirt. So it's crazy that you like even recognize me. Mm. And I was just like, this is crazy. And then the last thing he said was like, we'll see if destiny takes its course. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) Um, insane. And then the next day I went in for my last interview and like the person that was being interviewed, they're having like the best time and they're just like having laughs and stuff. Couldn't you hate that? Yeah, yeah. and I was like, <laughs> man, if I was And she walked out and it was a girl that I'd played badminton with for three years. Yeah. Wow. Do you know Vic Fan? No. No, Victoria Fan? She was no. in Transfam as well. But um, she walked out and I was like, what the fuck? She's like, dude, what are you doing here? And like, we'd known each other literally for like eight to 10 years. Yeah. Um, and she was applying for the same role. And she walked out and I walked in and I was like, I can only do my best. So I like had mad chats. I was like, yeah, I go from everything from like crystals and metaphysical healing to like full, like just squats, lunges, like rehab, everything on the physical plane as well. And they're like weird, but cool. Um, And then I left and no, and then no, in that interview, Scott Westcombe was there. 
So oh, the guy wow. that was, the chick had told me to get as a mentor, wow. he was sitting there interviewing me and I was like, I've been told to find you. He's like, well, I found you. <laughs> um, and so like all these crazy synchronicities just unfolded in that moment. And then yeah, I went home and they called me and they're like, yep, you got the job. And then my first client was like my year five teacher, which was wild. And just like all these, just, just mad shit. Wow. So it was crazy. like a full manifestation. Wow, it reminds me of Deepak Chopra when he's like, your life becomes mystical, so mystical, you know, all the synchronicities, that was incredible, the whole thing felt like it was orchestrated, like, so perfectly. That was, yeah, that wasn't even the biggest one, like, last year was my biggest one. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Last year was like... Would you like to share that? Yeah, if you guys... Yeah, Yeah, of course. Yeah, so, I don't want to, like, fucking talk badly about the, (laughs) the place, but... We can Let just... the truth be spoken. <laughs> <laughs> Lawsuits coming so, in. <laughs> uh, we can beep it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. So towards the end of no. So last year in May, I was meant to move to London yeah. to the UK, mm. and I quit my job and like sold all my things. I'd finished my lease. Oh, like, wow, everything okay. was up. Um, and obviously, well, then I went to Lombok for two weeks. Came back. Lockdown happened that day, and I was like, oh, look, never mind. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, where I was working, they called me and they're like, hey, do you want to stay on? Because I had a big caseload. So I was like, yeah, sure. Physio was still an essential service during that time. Um, but that just stepped down all the admin because I couldn't obviously pay them and everything. Yeah. And so for pretty much for four months, I was seeing 67, 60 to 70 clients a week by myself. Oh, wow. So my own admin, every Monday I'd come in, there'd be like 30 phone calls just yeah. to book in because everyone wants to do something. Um, and then I started taking classes, so I was running like eight classes a week on top of 60 clients a week because they could take physio-led classes. Yeah. Still doing all the admins. So How many hours were you doing in a week? Like probably 36. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. All that 36 hours? Yeah. yeah. Um, probably overtime on my own time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was bringing like seven grand a week at that point in time for them. And I was getting paid like $32 now, which is ridiculous yeah. for a physio. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so I was edging to the point where I was just like, cool, I know that I can do this because I've got the experience for it and I needed that. Um, so why not I just do this for myself? Mm. And I'm at. Like I know exactly where my energy is and I know what I want to do with it. And so that day I went online and I searched like clinical rooms for rent to Perth. And the first one that came up was called uh, Perth Healthcare. Yeah. And they were like, we need, like, we're looking for a physio. So I quickly emailed them and I was basically, you have your own business and you run it from there and you yeah, pay yeah. rent and admin fee. So I emailed him, I was like, this is the way I do physio, like if you're interested, let me know. He gave me a call in like five minutes, he was like, can we meet up today? And it was Friday and I was like, let's do it next week and we'll just see how things like pan out. Because I was weighing up like whether I would get my own rental and do it from home. Um, I was going to start a gym with a friend at that point, like a holistic wellness gym. Um, and then there was the option Little clinic in a like space like that. And so he was like, cool, we'll chat on Monday. And then I was catching up with my friend the next day and he... Um, he's really big in, do you know Hirsch? You know Hirsch? Hirsch? No. Do you know Hirsch? No. He's big in like business in Perth and does yeah. web design and marketing and stuff. Um, and like him and I never catch up, just us. But yeah. it was like the first time because I was like, I need someone's help that like is in this field that has the same values that I do. So we caught up and I was just, he was a bit late and stuff and I was just like journaling and everything. And then he came. I was like, these are all my options. What do you reckon? I was like, there's also this little one that's just popped up. It's like a health clinic where you rent a room. And he's like, is it Perth Healthcare? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, I was just with the guy that owns it. He's like my main client. And so like literally like the hour before, that's why he was late. Oh, okay, wow. So he sends the guy photos like, this is your new physio, and like hands down. 
Um, so the guy was like, okay, perfect, let's line it up. So then the Monday I met up with the guy and that Monday, then the Monday after I went to like went signing the contract that day, but I was meant to move out with the friend that I was gonna start the uh, gym with, Yeah. but she kind of disappeared off the planet, like new boyfriend and stuff. Yeah. And so instead I was just like, cool, I'm gonna find my own place. Yeah. And I made my list and it was like, like a townhouse apartment, two bedroom, two bathroom, like refurbished kitchen and bathroom, a bath, open nice. plan living, mm. wooden floors, carpet upstairs, natural lighting, white walls, big windows, double garage, super safe. Like wow. that was my, nice. my list. Yeah. Okay. So I found that. Like I literally, that was a thing. Like the exact thing wow. so in the it, city. So would you say that like, the one of the important elements of like manifestation is to be as specific as you possibly 100%. can with what you want. 100%. Because otherwise you're just throwing out like a huge fishing net and hoping something comes in. Okay. And then you're just sending mixed fre frequencies out. So how is something meant to come into resonance with a frequency that's like, I want abundance, but I'm feeling lack, but I might get a bit of this and that. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 So yeah, super specific and not letting the limitations of the mind kick in. Because this is like peak rental market last year. I had just quit my job. I was about to start a new business based on nothing. Yeah. I was going to live alone. And then like at the viewing, there's 40 people there. There's doctors, lawyers, everything, like partners, everything. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to manifest this shit out of this. So basically for that, if you want to manifest something that's on a really high frequency of pure abundance, you have to let go of anything that makes you feel lack in that moment. So any voice in your head that's like, oh, but you won't get it because this, or like, no, but you don't yeah. have enough of that. Yeah. Maybe your business will be a failure. Like mm. all these different aspects. And so you have to start shedding those layers and again, going into like that self-healing and everything. Yeah. Um, and just holding the energy and envisioning yourself in that space and holding the frequency so purely that that experience comes into resonance with yeah. you. Yeah, just blocking that negativity. Yeah. Negativity. Yeah. Negativity. Yeah. Negative. Negative. Whatever. <laughs> blocking it out. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I held the energy, held the energy. And then on the Monday I viewed the property and straight after that, I went to sign the papers for the lease that I was signing for my clinic yeah. at Perth healthcare. And as I was there, my application fell in my bag and the guy, Dr. Allen that owns that place, he was like, dude, the person that owns real estate 88, she's one of my main clients. Wow. So she's like, he lives, acro she lives across the road. I'm going to call her now and make sure you get it. And I was like, what the fuck? Because call, he called her right, like right then. She was like, there's 30 applicants for this place. He was like, you've got to make it happen. And she's like, I'll see what I can do. So over the next week and a half, like they called my references on the day, but then I didn't hear from them for a week and a half. And I yeah. was like, just keep holding that energy. Just keep holding it, holding, holding it. And who knows what the fuck happened between then. But then on the Saturday after I walked through the clinic because I was going to see a friend for coffee at like the down by the river um, and that lady that owned Real Estate 88, she was sitting in the clinic. She's like, are you Uja? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, you know you're moving in in like two days. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, you're moving in in two days. And I was like, oh <coughs> shit. Oh, wow. So then I literally went and I packed all my stuff and then I moved. You made it. Oh wow. That's, and I did that's it. That's crazy. That's a pretty cool. And then I started my business two days later. Wow. Actually, yeah. the same thing happened at this place where I went, yeah. came in the first day. And there were people everywhere, like all through the house looking yeah. at me. I'm like, oh crap, I'm not going to get it, you know? And I was just like, nah, don't be a bitch. You want this place? Oh, I really want it. So I just set my mind onto it. And I went to the, the lady who was like showing everyone around. I'm like, I want this place. What, what do I have to do 
to stand out of the crowd, like yeah. really loud, so everyone looked at me. And then I'm, <laughs> so, oh, okay, but I'm like, I'll do everything you need. And I put all the applications into it straight away. And I was talking to my dad about it. I'm like, Dad, what do I need? To, what do I do to get this place? You know? He's like, who's it through? He's like Ian Hutchinson. He's like, oh, I know, I know the, the CEO Dude. of Ian Hutchinson. Yeah. I'm like, fucking, I'm a daddy's boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, make some fucking calls <laughs> and make it happen. <laughs> you know? And like, he called up the person that owned the um, Ian Hutchinson and said, this, this is my um, whoops. Sorry, the timer for the thing. Yeah. yeah, this is my son's application. Please look favorably everyone. Which is the same. Yeah. Then the yeah. rental agent got a call from the CEO saying, I got a call about your application. She was like. And she's like, well, I will look very favorably on your account. And I was like, fuck yes. So I got it. I got it. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, okay, so. I'm ready. So, the kind of the first thing we want to start with is, do you feel pretty chill, feel good, feel comfy? Yeah, I'm comfortable, pretty good. Good. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so the first question is like, I want you to imagine yourself, say, in front of your family. Mm. And then. All of them or just like a. All of them. Okay. What's what's the most uncomfortable experience for you? Oh. All of them or a couple? Um, <coughs> well, they're divorced. There's like okay. multiple families. Okay. Maybe they have all of them there. That'd be awkward as hell. Okay. <laughs> do that. Just, <laughs> <spice it> up. <laughs> okay. So imagine yourself there and imagine yourself like you're standing on a stage and you're about to do like a stand-up act. Comedy act? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And like what feelings do you feel just even imagining that? Oh. That's because my sense of humor is quite sick. Yeah. <laughs> Not sick, but you know, it's, it's dark humor. Yeah. yeah. My family see that, would just be like, this guy's fucking mm -hmm. cooked. But uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of, uh, there's a, it's overwhelming, yeah. <clears throat> to be yeah. honest. Yeah. For do, that, you, yeah. do you feel like if you went up on stage with like randoms, would, you ma would it matter? Not as much, no. Be all right. Do you still feel like that choking feeling at all? No. I would feel the choking feeling, but I know that once I start talking, <clears> it's, it's too late. If my family was up there, I'd have choking feeling the whole time. Okay. I probably, I probably wouldn't do it if my family was in the audience. Do you think it's like a level of respect in terms of like the dark humor or is it the sense of judgment? Oh, probably judgment for sure. Judgment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, any other feelings? Mainly judgment? I think judgment. Um, Acceptance? Do you feel like they accept that part of you or no? <laughs> um, I think that, that, well, I don't think, well, they would. They'd be sort of like, well, I'll accept you, but never do that again. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think they're acceptive of your art? Um, well, I actually don't know. But I, I'm going to... Intuitively. Intuitively? Well, they've never really seen it, so I'm not too sure. But my, the feelings that come up is like they're not accepting of me, mm -hmm. maybe from my past experiences of like failed reports and misbehavior and... Yeah getting in trouble a lot okay. you know was it also from trying to be like a funny kid or was it any of that kind of stuff where you were like the joker in class or anything like that um <clears throat> possibly but i've never really had my sense of humor around like my dad and his side of the family yeah so it's very serious is it very serious not serious it'd be more like even when i'm with him now like i think back into my 12 year old self where i'm just yeah. like just quiet and poised yeah, just quiet yeah shy. quiet shy and yeah. just not saying too much you know like just being very vague yeah why um, I don't know. I just don't know. Maybe there's like some kind of fear there or fear of him, fear of judgment or just not being able to express myself in his presence. Yeah. Maybe because I feel like I'm, I don't know. Different aspects there. There's, yeah. um, have you read Celestine Prophecy? No, but I have it. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the shelf. Hold it, and like osmosis will happen at some point. Yeah. Um, so in one of the chapters there, they talk about 
how we gain energy from each other when we're not mm. creating it in ourselves. Yeah. So lots of us don't know that we can actually like cultivate energy within ourselves and it's basically by doing what we love. And so one of the ways is the intimidator, which is like the one that's angry and kind of like talks like at you and you know you can imagine that state screams at you yells at you whatever else um and with that you get the victim so that's the poor me it's like oh why does this always happen to me why does everyone hate me like i just can't be mm. good enough for anyone um so those two kind of coupled together yeah and then you have the interrogator which is the one that asks heaps of questions like why mm. are you doing that you shouldn't be doing that you should be doing this why are you doing it that way like you all of those kinds of things and um, like questions everything you do and then with that is the aloof. So the aloof is potentially a 12-year-old self that just kind of shuts off mm. and it's still a way to get energy because then people are like are you okay? Is everything fine? But often when we have like a really dominant masculine figure in our lives, it means that we can go into a recluse state when we're younger. Mm. Um or someone we perceive as powerful or whatever it is because we don't have the space to take up that space because they take it up. Yeah. Does that make uh, sense? Okay. Yeah, that's like yeah. that's my step down. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. So as well, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. And that becomes our learned pattern. Okay. Is that say if then you tried to do something really expressive and then you just got shut down for it. And it's like, no, we don't have time for that. Or like just shut up, be quiet. Whatever it is. Whatever voice comes up. Yeah. Whatever voice comes up when you try to really express yourself and then you go into that twelve year old state, mm. that is a voice of someone else. Yeah. But it's a learned thing and then you learn that it's safer to keep myself small and to not express myself. to make other people feel comfortable so i don't trigger my own pain. Again it's a protective response. Yeah. Mm. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah. Does it resonate? Oh, you yeah, understand. Yeah. 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 Mm. And so that's why you probably go straight back into that 12-year-old self and the few things that you've mentioned about your dad in the last couple have it long it's been is like he sounds quite powerful, like mm. authoritative, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. well, my dad and my stepdad, it's like a two dads. Yeah. They're both like that. birth like that. Mm. Well, there you go. So that's where you take like a step back in your masculine sense and yeah. you don't take up that space. Mm. Whereas that voice of yours is trying to take up that space to claim that back. Mm. And that's why you're going through like a creative outlet that is really expressive. Mm. And potentially the dark humor puts a twist on the way that they express things as well. Mm. And so it's trying to bring humor to what you think is powerful in a masculine sense as a norm. Mm. Yeah. But then when it comes to actually doing it that's when you pull back because that's when your inner child wound comes up and it's like oh, actually I can't take that space up at all because it's going to make people feel uncomfortable. Mm. Makes sense? It does make sense. Yeah. 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 That's spot yeah. on. Yeah. So then comes about the next question which is like when in your life have you felt like that before? Like is there an immediate memory that comes up from your stepdad or your dad where you had been playing or laughing or expressing or something? within your own capabilities your own power and then you were told that like no you need to take a step back or you felt judgment from that um <clears throat> well there's a lot of things come to mind like when I was like 5 years old I was, I was always like really happy to see like my mum after school yeah and i remember one day when um i was running I go to see my mum and my stepdad he was like standing like behind her and he came there and immediately i stopped in my tracks like poof, shut down yeah. it wasn't even like he was stopping anything it just the it was, feeling. even just his presence was mm. just like shut yeah. down Yeah. And I think ever since then even when we see his car on the driveway I'm like your heart just sinks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Fuck it, you know. But um I think it's more so just like being talked at yeah. not talked to. Yeah. Yeah. I resonate with that. Yeah. 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 What comes up for you then? Um 
when I, I think I was in middle school, there's no middle school here, but I was in, the, I was in Texas and mm -hmm. I was a super social kid mm -hmm. um, in class and um, I used to talk to a lot, of, I used to talk to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and one of the teachers reported to my dad that I was talking to in class too much. Yeah. And yeah, so he shut that down like instantly. And yeah. if it, it came up again yeah. and had the exact same reaction. So yeah. I think that put me in a space where it was kind of like pretty much exactly what you said. Yeah, yeah. We're like taking up that space yeah. is going to cause you pain and it's going to make the people that you look up to as your guardians and you're like, I trust you. And they're like, you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. So then it puts you in your line and you're like, it's not safe to do that. It's not right to do that. So then you just start like just shutting off your expression completely. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I've yeah. never actually, I just dug up that memory. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And like when you're just randomly thinking, it wouldn't come up. But yeah. until you start like creating that intention for it, that's when this stuff starts coming up and it's coming up to be healed so that you're not held by that anymore. So that if you go into a situation like whatever it is, like a job interview, whatever it might be, you're not holding back your self-expression to make other people feel comfortable. Yeah. And that voice in your head is not saying, no, don't do that. You can't do that. That's the wrong thing. But you're actually just allowing yourself to be your full self. Yeah. There's a condition that's been put on you that we unconsciously agree to. And kind of hold on to throughout life. Yeah. So it's the same as, say, if you're a little kid and you're eating your food and your body tells you you've had enough food. Yeah. But then, and this is in a book that I'm reading at the moment, um, but then your mum tells you, like, no, you have to finish your food. And you're like, but I'm full. And she's like, there's people dying in Africa. Like, you, they don't have food. You need to finish your food. How can you be so selfish? And then you finish your food and you're like just shoveling it down. You really don't want it. Like, your body's already said no. Yeah. And now when we go to a restaurant, you finish your whole plate of food even though you're not, you're not fully hungry. And it's because we've primed ourselves to feel guilt if we waste the food. So now we have to eat it all and disregard our, like, the needs of our body. Yeah. So it's that unconscious pattern that's been passed down. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, that's powerful. And all of these things, they stop us from actually asking ourselves, what do I need in this moment? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Makes sense? Mm, it does yeah. make sense. It makes sense, yeah. 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 But it's just like it's, pulling those memories out is like, it can be, it can be a little bit confronting. It yeah, can be. It can be a little bit confronting when you're in that moment where, when that, that memory kind of comes up because the emotions, emotions can come with it yeah, for all, sure yeah that's exactly what happens like all the emotions yeah kind of built boiled up around it as well for sure yeah, so it kind of put put me exactly back into in that state yeah. yeah and by going back into it there will be like there may be rage there may be frustration there may be confusion like these are lots of feelings that i get as well when i dive in because like that's your innocence that's kind of being taken away from you like yeah. you weren't doing anything wrong. You weren't trying to hurt anyone. You weren't trying to upset the teacher. Like you were just doing what felt really nice for you and what felt nice for the people around you. Yeah. You're having a laugh. You're like connecting. Like one of our basic human needs is connection. So you're feeling that satisfaction of that need within yourself. Yeah. But then someone told you that that's wrong. So then that in the future can then influence your relationships where you feel that sense of connection and you're feeling really light and playful and happy. And then a voice in your head is like, it's too much. You're wrong. Yeah. So you pull back. You pull back. Wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's big. And when you start to notice these things, you ask yourself, like, how much of my life has this impacted? And it's not about feeling guilt or shame or blame or anger or rage towards it. 
you realize it's a protective response that was there as long as it needed to be there, yeah. but it doesn't need to be there anymore. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Then yeah, that cooked me, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this is obviously this is why we do it in a safe space. And if you're yeah. not willing, like feeling comfortable to share it, that's completely fine. Yeah. Um, but this is where those walls come down. But when you're safe within yourself, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, what anyone else feels about it. It's just you going through it. Yeah. And by feeling it, you're allowing yourself emotion, energy in motion, you're allowing the emotion to pass through you and the energy to start moving through you to just be let go off. So the next time that you talk, say if you're at work or with a client or something and someone's like, dude, you're talking too much. You're just like, yeah, cool, man. Like I'm just having fun. It's not that same rush where I'm just, where it's like, oh, I'm not good enough. Like I've done all these bad things, like guilt, shame, blame, regret, doubt, everything. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 100%. Yeah. yeah. So we'll go through these questions because it'll shift it for you and you yeah. won't just be left in this like space of like, oh my God, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Yeah. 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 So that question, so when in my life have I felt like this before? Yeah. You remember that moment? Yeah. You remember that moment? Yeah. Is it the same as that moment? No. No. Is no, it's not your same. self-expression the same as that moment or your ability to express your love or your creative energy or your just your energy give your energy is it the same as that moment no not at all good yeah yeah and you can almost feel the instant when you say no that neurochemistry stops building do you feel that yes yeah 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 Yeah. we're like that heavy rush and you're like no this is not the same and then your brain's just like oh we don't need to keep producing that because emotion is just neurochemistry yeah different amounts of dopamine serotonin all these like oxytocin all these things Mm. adrenaline cortisol and when you make it that simple it's like it's not the same yeah but now we can move through it yeah i just feel like just kind of like a release yeah Yeah. like oh yeah yeah. Yeah. like an exhale yeah yeah Yeah. so now the big question is where is the opportunity to grow and to pull my power back into myself and to learn a lesson from this so what do you think that lesson is for you to not be afraid to connect yeah yeah And there will be situations that require different kind of, not boundaries, but different ways of connecting. Yeah. But you know that you're safe in your ability to connect. And that you're not too much. You're not doing the wrong thing. By expressing yourself and bringing joy to the world and laughter and play, you're not being too much. Yeah. Or you're not doing something wrong. But you're just being yourself. Yeah. And a classroom is a very artificial setting. It's like one teacher who has not go, gone through any self-healing, that's just highly stressed, drinking like seven coffees a day, eating biscuits for lunch. <laughs> like 30 kids that are going through puberty at the same time and don't, a lot of us haven't had like emotional support growing up. Yeah. We're all trying to navigate this new space of like hormones and emotions and all these things. And so they need to shut off the emotional side because that's volatile. They yeah. can't control that. And like a school setting... It's based on, back in the day, like a factory where they made boxes. And so that's literally how they made the school system, was based on like a mass supply kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And so it's not a normal setting that you're going to be in now. And so it's just no, like knowing that and that they had to shut off that emotion so that they could control the system. Yeah. But you're not going into that now. And you can defend yourself as well. Yeah. Yeah. And also your rights and wrongs and yeses and nos are not dictated by your dad or by anyone else or by a teacher or anything it's based on you 
And your own boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Does that feel different? Yes, 100%. Does that feel like a part of yourself has just been like opened up a little bit? Yes. That has felt a little bit like shut off? It feels, yeah. That's a very good way to describe it, yeah. Mm. It's yeah. just like uncapped. Yeah. Yeah. Feels like you're, I'm not sure if it's like opening like your, feels like your heart opens yeah. up a little bit. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Because that's your true self. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow, I didn't, didn't expect a therapy session. No, <laughs> it's not even therapy, it's self-healing, it's yeah. self move, like just moving through it. Yeah, and for you. So, that moment, so even diving into that moment where five, about five? Five, yeah. yeah. And you're like running out of the bus and, what was the bus? Yeah, running out of the classroom to go see In my mum after, sc- yeah. after school, yeah. And like, why did you feel so connected to your mum? Um... I don't know. It's just like the natural bond we had. Because I mean, my parents got divorced when I was like two. Mm. So I'm assuming everything was disruptive, but mum was the only thing that was constant the in my life. Yeah. yeah, stability. Is she, did your dad ever remarry or anything? He did, but yeah, later on. years later. Yeah, later. Yeah. yeah. So mum was probably, if they were hyper-masculine, the guys, yeah. um, mum was their only form of love. Yeah. And love yeah. and so, like connection and safety. Mm, yeah. Definitely. Cool. And as kids, we need that. It's like a plant that doesn't have water. Mm. Yeah, and we need that to grow and thrive and everything. Um, so yeah, so how did it make you feel when, when you like literally were stopped in your tracks? Um, it was almost like just a complete shutting down, where I was like happy and excited to just completely, yeah. like dead, deflated. Like, de- yeah, deflated, and also just like oh, like heavy and like sad, and just like oh, okay. Mm. And then we just like walk like, <laughs> really like the shuffled home, yeah. like just disappointed. Yeah. But I couldn't really articulate what was going on. It was just the emotions I felt without any kind of inner dialogue. Of course. And mm. you're so young as well. Yeah. Um, and like with your stepdad and your dad and stuff, did your dad and stepdad remind you of your dad? Or were they kind of different? They, yeah, total opposites, I suppose. Yeah? Yeah. In what way? Um, well, my stepdad's really, he was ex-military and he's really, really strictly Christian. My dad is like a corporate man, but he's very spiritual. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. so I did okay. get a, a lot of like more sort of love and affection for my dad yeah. a little bit later on um, but for my stepdad it was like a distance between us because I think he had issues with, with his parents and obviously there was a thing of being the stepfather yeah. and um, yeah obviously bickering on both sides of the family sort of, of created a division so it was yeah it was a, lot of, a lot of division between me and him. And he obviously stepped into your mum's life pretty quick compared to your dad having I think so. a lot later. Yeah. So and it's probably like unprocessed stuff yeah and you mm. were yeah yeah yeah. Okay. Um, so, do you feel like your mum's attention shifted away from you when your stepdad stepped in, like came in? I definitely think it did, where she did actually change quite a bit. Yeah. Um, she changed quite a lot, actually. Mm. And um, there was like divisions in the house where like they would have their own living room with a lock on it, and we'd have our own separate living oh, area. Yeah. And it was just like, it was just, yeah, it was a big division between yeah. us, where she would spend more time with him, like literally locked away. We would be like out there. Yeah. And then on the weekends, I go see my dad and like my step siblings, which yeah. are just half sister uh, and brother, and they would tell me like, "Oh, your mum's a bitch. She's this, oh, she's that," and like put all this hate in my mind. I, I come back to live with my mum, and I like, have this like this hate towards yeah, her because yeah. like they've been filling me with the hate they have because she was their stepmother, yeah, which they didn't like. Of course, you know, yeah. So that was going like on as well. Like the evil stepmother, like exactly. they just made this whole thing in their brain. Yeah. So I had like a lot of like. Um, 
confusion first of all and it turned into frustration yeah and then whenever i got into a little bit older and would be like a bit more physical a bit more loud or argue he would argue back and that would make me even more angry yeah so i'd like huge amounts of like frustration and rage oh yeah 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 and (laughs) rage and anger like cover emotions for sadness Mm. and sadness sadness and confusion yeah Yeah. and it's that feeling of distance probably that you felt with your mum because you had something so pure Mm. and then it was just taken away that's true yeah yeah do you think has anything rebuilt since then Oh, it definitely has, yeah. yeah. But I realized looking back, I'm like, well, if I didn't shut down and just express myself, I could have um, rekindled the relationship with my mom at a younger age. I could have just sort of, not demanded, but I could have um, just been, I could have expressed myself to my full ability without sh- shutting myself down. Yeah. It would have been a little bit different. Like if you did express? or If, you'd... if I did express, it would have been a bit different. Yeah. Like if I told her how I felt or initiated like more time to spend with her, it would have been different. But yeah. At the same time, I realized that I was so young, I didn't have, didn't, I didn't have that skill set. No, exactly. Yeah. Like, the question comes, like, did you do the best with the level of consciousness that you were at? Probably. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Because if yeah. you could have done better, you would have done better. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, what I'm thinking is perhaps, like, the dark humor side of things. Maybe that's you trying to express that anger and rage that may be still sitting in there and that's completely fine and that is Mm. a form of therapy in itself and like movement of energy um but if you feel like that put distance between you and your mum which was your main love source Mm. like you just said yeah yeah like if that rage wasn't there maybe you would have been able to rekindle sooner Mm. maybe that's why subconsciously you're blocking yourself from this because you're like if i express this could this put more of a block between me and my mum and not the mum now but the inner child mum. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Because it, it reminds you of that experience. <clears throat> it does, yeah. Yeah. And it's a judgment and the, yeah, that feeling of using your voice, but then it being shut down as well. Mm. And then them just retaliating back. Yeah. That, yeah. That's very, yeah, very true. Makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense, yeah. Yeah. And it's, again, that warning system. That's like, mm. this has put distance between you and your, yeah, your love, your that energy that comes through. Mm. So don't do it again. But this is different. So yeah, yes, the question comes, is this the same as that experience? No, it's not the same as this. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. So where is your opportunity to grow and to pull your power back into yourself? Um, put it through action. Mm-hmm. And um, just realizing that <clears throat> that was the past and that's not happening now. Yeah. That's just something that I'm holding on to, like an attachment, I suppose. Uh-huh. Have you forgiven yourself for it? Um, <laughs> I would say that I've, I have had, but obviously not if it's still affecting my life. Mm. So, no. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but no. <laughs> but I've, I've had a lot of times where I've meditated on this and said like, okay, I forgive mom, I forgive myself, but I forgive myself, you know? I've done that quite a lot of times where I've said it and I've felt it, mm. but it's still there. There's layers. There's always yeah, layers, of there's, course. Yeah, there's layers. And maybe there's not been an action that's come about to shift the energy. Mm. And as I said, we need to relay that new neural pathway. Yeah. Otherwise, the next experience that triggers that same emotion will just bring that flood back in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's asking yourself, have you forgiven yourself? And again, the main question with that is, do you think you did the best with the level of consciousness that you were at? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Do you think it was really confusing at that time, being a kid and your parents are going through so much and you're kind of like at the receiving end of all of it? Mm. Do you think you did the best? The level I think I did the best I can. Yeah. 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 But I don't. I don't want to blame at the same time. There's so. no blame. There's yeah. no. It's your experience. Okay. You're fully entitled to your experience. Mm. It's not singling anyone out and being like, "You did a shit job. You did this wrong." 
Yeah. It's just saying that this is what I've been through and this is what I'm moving through now. Mm. That's true. Yeah. Like at no point have you said they did this wrong. No. Well, no. could have been better, but they couldn't have done better. They did the best they could as well. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And then when you're in that state of survival, which they would have been in because there's a lot of emotion there mm. and they haven't been given the skill set to navigate it, you're just trying to make ends meet. You're just trying to do like whatever you can to keep things going. Mm. And so it's allowing for that as well and giving space to the humanness of everyone. Yeah. 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 Mm. So also, how is you going into your stand-up work, how is that different to you potentially feeling that rage and anger and screaming and yelling at whoever else? How is it different? Yeah. Um, well, it's, now it's sort of like fun where I've turned something, turned something good out of it. Yeah. Where I can sort of go on rants and express myself and have a laugh and also release a lot of frustration because I do go on rants, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Feeling center is joined with your, um, your understanding and memories. As I said, the right hemisphere of your brain is your more feminine side. Yeah. So it's to do with your emotional states, your personality, your memories, your language, all of that. And that's why if you're trying to go in to a memory bank, you need to start in your right hemisphere, which is feeling. Yeah. Whereas your left hemisphere is thinking and analyzing. And that comes in after. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if we're trying to go in from the analytical, like, oh, when was it? I can't remember. Then you're not accessing the other hemisphere. Okay. Yeah. So when you have that knee-jerk emotional reaction <clears throat> to something, I was, I've always had this thing or like, after it happens, I'm like, okay, why do I feel this way? Yeah. So would you recommend that you go through this process yeah. to kind of um, gain a little bit more insight to kind of figure out where it's from? For sure. Yeah. For sure. And you'll say, why do I feel this way? And I'll be like, oh, because that person like did me wrong or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But then that'll be it. That ah, okay. We won't usually delve past that because it's like, that's the reason. Whereas when you, self, when you calm yourself down first and then you say, like, what am I feeling? When in my life have I felt like this? It takes emotion out of that current situation. And then you actually go in rather than blaming out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's back to me. me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Where do we land? Um, oh, you were saying, mum trigger. Would it, would it yeah. give me guilt to tell my mum I have these feelings? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> what I was saying was multifaceted. Yes. I'm glad I had that break so now I can calm down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. I, w I wouldn't feel guilty telling her that I have these emotions, but I would also be aware of knowing that it would trigger her yeah. to feel overwhelmed Definitely. and trigger her anxiety. So that would make me feel a bit bad to make her feel bad yeah. about something she can't change. Yeah. You know? Do you yeah. think that that's the thing that's stopping your brain from sharing your stand-up um, dark humor with your family? Possibly, yeah. Is any of it inspired by the emotion that you have felt as a kid? Um, probably the frustration, yeah. The anger and the temper and... All of it. <laughs> all the comedy in it, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But the funny thing is, like, I'd rather my mum be in the crowd than my dad be in the crowd. Of course, because which you... Is, which is weird, yeah. Well, you got love coming from mum. Mm. Whereas dad's probably hypercritical, hyperanalytical. Mm. And maybe it's the love that you're craving so much so you don't want to put yourself in that situation. So then instead your brain's like, now let's just play it safe and just stick with what we have. Mm. Yeah, it's just the, the comfort zone, so comfort. built in, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't want to like shatter or break that perception they have of me, which is silly because it'd be so much better <clears throat> with the comedy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but that's irony, I suppose. 
Yeah, and it's like we want our parents to perceive us as like the good boy or the good girl or like stay in the box or whatever it is. Mm. And if your dad's pretty corporate, then something like comedy does not tick the box of success. Mm. Does not tick the box of a structural path to build money or status or work your way up in a company. Mm. And that's perhaps his belief system to do with success. And so now we're like, okay, he won't recognize my power in this because his power is associated to how you can climb your way up in a corporate ladder. Mm. And so that makes us feel like we're not seen, we're not heard, we're not acknowledged, we're not worthy. And so we'd rather just not do it. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. It's a tough one. <laughs> it's a tough one, but you've yeah. chosen it to yeah. move through um, and build your own version of success. And maybe there's something as simple as bringing joy to the people around you because you've been in states where that's been taken away from you completely. Mm. And so just to make humor out of maybe fucked up situations that have been painful and uncomfortable, but just realizing that as we say, we don't see things as they are, we see things as we are. Mm. And so to bring, bring humor into that and to bring joy when perhaps you can't influence the situation because you're small and you're young or whatever it is. Yeah. And that's the only thing you can actually manipulate is your perception of it. Mm. That's true. And maybe that's why this is a path you've chosen. Mm. And that's where your power lies. Exactly. Oh. Beautiful, yeah. Yeah. This has been very insightful. Yeah, We're not done. We've got two questions. Oh, you're not? Oh. We've, got two, we've got to seal it off. <laughs> and cut. Um, so the next question is, what is something I can do right now to shift this feeling? So for you, it's about self-expression. Well, both of you, self-expression. Um, feeling completely abundant and able to express yourself in your fullest capabilities, not just what fits in a box. Yeah. So what's something that you could put into place to shift it? Um, right now? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, that's interesting. Mm. Um, I think this, is, this has definitely helped me a lot, mm -hmm. um, for sure. Um, but yeah, probably make a TikTok or something. Yeah. yeah. Are you on TikTok? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And just, so, and just speak or do mm -hmm. something. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think that's something you would, you will do? Yes. 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 Yeah. After this. Yes, definitely. Sweet. Cool. And for you? <laughs> um, anything that comes to mind is like I know um, that twenty-one would say like massive action like needs to be done. I know it needs to be done, so I know that I should, I should just sign up to an open mic night and just do it. But in my head, I'm just like. Maybe just do something, something smaller. Something low-key. <laughs> something low-key, but I'm like, no, nah, I have to do that. That's what I actually have to do. Yeah. Is to sign up and do it. Okay. That, that's, yeah. Is that what you're going to do? But I, I, I don't think I'm going to do it. <laughs> Why? I don't know. It's just like... You do know. Comfort. <clears throat> com yeah. I'm a sloth. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I'm not a sloth. Sorry, but sloth. that's like... Don't like do the negative self-talk thing, because no, it's okay. not that. It's literally as simple as it being a safety mechanism. Mm -hmm, it is, yeah. Because it's uncomfortable, it's fucking... It is I'd, uncomfortable, yeah. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm screaming like, in my seat. Like, yeah, but that, you know yeah. how much is going to liberate you. Mm. For all the times that you didn't have a voice, you couldn't express yourself, you couldn't feel the joy that you wanted to feel, it's going to liberate that whole part of mm. yourself. That's true. What's the action? Well, I've already emailed them asking for a spot. So <laughs> we're, we're, Here's we're one I prepared earlier. Yeah. I emailed them, but like at the same time, I was lying. I'm like, I don't have to do it. I can just ask them how it works. Yeah. Yeah. But 
I had to follow through and make sure I, I sign up and do it. Are you going to do it for you? <laughs> I have to do it for me. Yeah. No one else I can do it for. No. But I might have a beer before. <laughs> so I don't want to get into that, that, that like, rut of like, feeling anxious, have a drink. Like, that's not yeah. what I want to do. Yeah. I may have a cigarette instead. <laughs> oh my god. Or both. Like. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> or something stronger. No, no, no. Oh. I, I'll, I'll do it. It'll be done. Went alone. Yeah. <laughs> Break the streak yeah. for this. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Last question. Is there a conversation I need to have with someone to move forwards as a team? Hmm. <clears throat> Does myself count? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think it's um, definitely myself. Mm. Yeah, to realize that that expression is just me. And I should yeah. be in order for me to kind of get there. I have to just do it. Yeah. 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 And that's the thing. There's also like nothing to do besides be yourself. Yeah. It's like undo the thing that was there and just be you in your fullest. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe even asking yourselves, like, has there been times where I have dimmed my light to make other people feel comfortable? And just reflecting on that, not putting too much to it. Yeah. And just being like, what would I do differently? Like, would I want to be a little bit more of a, not the center of attention, but just a yeah. bit more like expressive and in my power with that? Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Cool. For you? Um. <laughs> <clears throat> to, to change my state of being, like change that inner, inner voice mm -hmm. where I sort of like, I can let myself down, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, you don't have to do it, Brad. Like, is your, and how do you say your name? Is it, how do you pronounce it? Uja. Uja, everything. Anything, Uja, like an idiot. Anything, anything. Anyway, yeah. Uja. Uj, I right. Yeah, Uj. Okay, here we go. And you have well, a conversation I, I, with Hamid. Yeah, well, I, I would have, um, I'd be like, well, she'll go home and I can just hide in my room and I want to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. But I don't want to be that person anymore. I want to be like, no, nah, I need to do this for me and change my whole inner voice, like yeah. change my state of being completely. Well, I don't let myself down anymore, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, because That's what I need to do. You know what that goes back to? That goes back to the moment when you were five and you felt so much joy, but you let something outside of yourself dictate your joy and then it just dropped. Mm. And this moment that you're taking now, where you're like, no, I'm going to take action for myself. Mm. That's you nurturing that five-year-old version of, myself, of yourself and saying, I'm going to be in that joyful state no matter what. Mm. And I'm going to choose that. Mm. And that's where the reparenting and the rewiring starts. And like they say, discipline is the biggest form of self-love. Like mm. doing what you say you're going to do is the biggest form of self-love. That's true, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> the biggest problem for me is consistency and that discipline. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And showing up when like maybe other people weren't showing up for you. Mm. You're doing that thing. Yeah, 100%. Mm. Mm. Do you think you would want to have a conversation with your mum or your dad or anyone and just saying, this is something that I'm pursuing in my life and there are aspects of it that are kind of derived from my childhood and there's nothing personal to do with you guys, but it's just feelings that I'm expressing. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not pursuing it for any other reason than just to have fun. Like, I want to go up there because um, it, it just be a good experience for me to have. Yeah. Not like a career or anything like that, but just something <coughs> to do as like a hobby. It's just fun and yeah. to get over this um, social anxiety and this, yeah. these, these traumas need to be rid with yeah. through action. Yeah. Um, but the conversation, I, th I suppose, they're pretty, pretty with my mum and my dad. You know, it'll be a lot of stuff I want to lay on the, on the table. But at the same time, it's just like, do I want to put them through emotional turmoil 
is it your responsibility as to how they respond? No. Can you control it? No. Are you putting a bandage in a box and cushioning their house for them so that you don't feel the pain? <laughs> Technically, yes, yeah. yeah. Is that going to limit your connection with them? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Mm. Well, definitely. If you keep filling up the cup, will they learn how to fill up their own cup? Mm. Absolutely, yeah. If you don't show them where the thorn is, will they know how to where to pull it out from? Probably not, no. And it's never from like, you guys did this. It's always a heart-based conversation where it's like, this is how it made me feel. And this is my own experience. It's nothing to do with like what you guys intended. I know you had the best intentions. Mm. But you're still entitled to your own emotions. That's true. And so until you start claiming that, you, that you will allow yourself to be in that power. Because otherwise, you'll always, and this is a message for myself as well, and like I'm going through it myself for sure, but mm. we will always cap ourselves at that inner voice that is like, oh no, but that's too much. And that's not your voice. That's not my voice. That's not your voice. That's someone else's voice that has come in at some point of our life mm. to tell us that. 100%. Yeah. That's very deep. Mm. Mm, very powerful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's uh, very incredibly insightful. Yeah. <laughs> Mummy! <laughs> uh, yeah. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of work needs to be done. Yeah. <coughs> Yeah, Throat chakra is feeling a whole whole lot of things, eh? Yeah, yeah. Well, and the popcorn. <laughs> Blame the popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> Blame the external, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so, Ojo, tell us, where do people find you? So, um, From Within Physiotherapy is based in Osborne Park. Yeah. So, it's a little physio clinic in there, and I work out of Movement Co., which is like a nice big gym there. Um, I'm also running classes once a month, which are the trigger point classes that Sarush told you about. Mm. So it's basically using a trigger point ball to release the emotional body through the physical body. Yeah. Um, and it's on a Wednesday night, so it's not, what's this week? Wednesday no, night? Not, not this week, next week. Yeah. Okay. Is it only Wednesday night? Or is it night? One Wednesday night a month. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm also running a retreat um, mm. that is in September, end of September. Yeah. So it's three nights and it's a whole person healing retreat. Um, and it's not like one of those things where you go and then you come back to life and you're like, oh fuck, I have to do my life. Yeah. It's going to be literally like a portal that you go into and you pop out the other end and you're just like, I cannot fucking wait to do life. Wow. Um, so the first day is kind of like a connection day. We all get to know each other. We're going to have one, like an orientation night before anyway. Um, but yeah, it's all about that. And then my mum's cooking there and my dad and Beautiful. my... Um, what kind of food are we having? Lots. Like it's a big Indian feast oh, on nice, the first nice, night. Nice, nice. Um, the first day, so the Saturday, is a, yang, a yin day. Yeah. So it's all about our feminine energy. It's all mm. about opening up, creating space. It's a lot about what we've talked about tonight in terms of understanding why we have emotions, how they guide us, and they're actually like our inner compass, um, and how to process them, like how to move through them, how to access parts of our subconscious mind for self-healing, to claim your power back, so that that can now be your strength and you can move through that. Mm. Um, and we're going to go through the whole process together and like split up in groups, there'll be heaps of activities. And then 
that day there'll be the myofascial release session and then at night we're doing like a down in the dark experience so it's all for your senses and everything down in the dark, eh? yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and then the sunday is your yang day so it's all the masculine energy so really strong powerful energy so we have morning movement and meditation every day so there'll be a strong power flow that day then we're going into consciously creating your reality so all about manifesting quantum physics um like abundance through finances, mm. all about aligning yourself to your highest frequency. So whatever's on that frequency comes into resonance as an experience, as an opportunity, nice. um, and creating whatever you want in your life. So we're going to do a whole like journaling session on that as well. And then at night time, we're going to be doing somewhat off a cacao and ecstatic dance event. So it's all about releasing energy through your body, lots of side trance, lots of all of that kind of stuff. Ecstatic dance, yeah. yeah. That's on my list. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the first time I did, I was like, oh my God, this is fucking weird. Yeah. Um, like before going into it, but then you realize it's literally like a trance event without the substances. Yeah. But you feel that energy within yourself and you're like, I don't need any of this. Yeah. Um, because that's what we're looking for through those things is just connection to yourself, to your body, getting out of your mind and just moving and just shifting energy. Mm. Um, and just feeling that beat kind of go through you. Um, and then the last day is that integration day. So it's basically morning mo movement and meditation, breakfast, and then a letter from your higher self. So we're going to integrate all that energy into a letter. And it's going to be like your top three takeaways, a message to yourself when you're at a really good state, a message to yourself when you need a little bit of support, um, and then anything else we want to put in there. And then we're going to come back up. And yeah, it's in Yelling Up. Oh, yelling right. Up, nice. Yeah. So what, what were the exact dates for that? 24th to 28th. Of September. Of September, okay. yeah. Long Is weekend. that a Thursday to a Sunday? Friday to Monday. Friday, Friday to Monday. Monday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Monday's yeah. long weekend. Definitely. And that'll be on your... Instagram or Facebook? Yeah, yeah, yeah on Instagram, yeah. yeah. You down? I'm down. You guys should come. Yeah. You should come. I really want to. Yeah. We've got Sounds a few beautiful. spaces left. Oh, it's already on sale. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, so we've got um, eight spaces left. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I'm very excited. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming down, Urge. Thank you for having Urge. me. Urge. Thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate it. Very amazing. Yeah, it's been amazing. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Thank you. I'm a new human being. <laughs> <laughs>